Welcome to the Hockey Podcast. This is your host, RV Baines. And today we have a special guest with us, two-time champion, Woodstock Wolves, Scott Hendo Henderson. How are you doing? Arvinderman, thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, two-time champ. We'll, uh, we'll let that ring out a little bit here. Oh, people can talk bare shit because they're going to be like, that was the old league that we had. <laughs> it's okay. They still count. It's on the trophy, man. That's it's true. Engraved. That's true. That's true, man. How you been doing, man? Good, good, man. Uh, real busy. Uh, you know, it's it's getting that time of year. You got a whole bunch of stuff wrapping up around here, getting ready for Christmas. Put up the tree today. Uh, it's just December, man. You got to love it. All right. Well, speaking of Christmas, I mean, for fantasy right now, you're in the middle of the pack. What's your Christmas present for yourself? What, what do you think? What do you want to be? Uh, you know, if we're middle of the pack right now, I'm okay with that. You know, I've been dealing with some 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 bear injuries on some of my top picks. So it's kind of expected weeks haven't been going well. I've been slumping pretty hard. So um, I'm kind of have the blinders on right now. I'm trying not to watch and uh, monitor it as closely as I usually do because it's just been bad the last few weeks and I don't want to make any rash decisions, you know, like, so like me, I guess I think I'm just going to, I'm just going to stand pat. I'm just going to stand pat calmness. Calmness is what I'm going to gift myself. I mean, you are a two time champ, man. You, you know what it takes. That's it. So let's uh, let's talk about you know what's been happening this week in the actual hockey world. I think two teams that I I feel like I want to really talk about this week I haven't you know, been av- been avoiding them is the Washington Capitals and the Winnipeg Jets. What do you what do you think about the Capitals first of all? Yeah, I mean the the Capitals are who we thought they were. You know they're uh, they're not the team of uh, the Stanley Cup champion team from a couple years back. You know I've seen better things out of Washington. But um, I, this is kind of what I expect. You know, last year they only had two guys over two, over 20 goals, Ovi and Dylan Strom. So, I mean, when that's your supporting cast, you're, you're not going to do that hot. Carlson mm-hmm. was out last year too. So you kind of expect them to have a bad season last year. I didn't expect them to bounce back tremendously this year, but they're kind of where I expect them to be. Carlson's doing well now he's back. The Ovi one-timer is just missing. The OB yeah. one-timer is missing this year. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it hit the back of the twine like we used to see it. So I'm not sure what's going on over there. What do you think? Yeah, like right now, surprisingly, they've been beating some good teams. They're 12-7-2 right now, third in the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, third in the Met, yeah. Yeah. Goals four, they're all the way in the bottom. They're second last, actually, for goals four. Yeah, second last in goals four. Yeah, but goals against, they're in the top five right now. This is a surprise. Kemper. Kemper's solid, man. Good, good Canadian kid. He's uh, he's doing his job, but it's just uh, he's not in a really great position to excel. So I mean, they're they're where I think they're supposed to be. I think they're overachieving a little bit. Um, Anthony Mantha hasn't been having a great year. Their their depth is, I mean, their their cupboards are bare, man. Their cupboards are bare. Yeah, yeah. You know, right now Lindgren right now has he has five wins, two losses, last game. They played against mm-hmm. Vegas last night. They lost 5-1, I think. Uh, Kemper was in net. But right now with Lindgren, he has a 934 save percentage and a 2.3 goals against, which is actually pretty good. They have won, but the problem is in the last five games, they've only won two games. They lost to Vegas, yeah. lost to the Sharks, which they shouldn't have, and they lost to the Oilers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, I, think they're, I think they're starting to cool down. They are exactly what we think they are. They're just a middle-of-the-order pack. They're going to maybe make a yeah. run for the bubble 
for the sorry yeah, they're the, not they're, they're not scoring goals man they're not yeah. scoring goals that's that's how they usually that's how they used to win games score goals mm-hmm. um and they just don't have that dynamic offense like they used to have so maybe they're brawling some games out this year but they they need to score more man they they're second last in scoring right now 2.3 goals per game so it's really really low yeah really low i i agree with that i mean where, where do you think they're going to end up end of the season um i i kind of don't expect them to make the playoffs Okay. Not unless they completely pick up like crazy, but I expect them out of the picture, to be honest with you. I agree. I have them in the same spot. So the second team we were talking about, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. Being a, to me, they've been a surprise. I mean, for I think for you, maybe not so much because you you're kind of high on Hellebuck. Yeah, yeah. Helly's good. I mean, again, I think they're having the same season as Washington, but they're just the expectations are different. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what are they, 13 and 8 in the Central right now? So they're both... Both teams are in third place, right? Yeah. Again, when a team overachieves, kind of like how they did last year, I, I thought so anyways, with the Josh Morrissey season. I mean, hell, he had a pretty good season last year, 920 save percentage, four shutouts in 2022. He's in the same ballpark, not as good this year, 912 save percentage this year so far, but I expect him to stay strong in the twine there. I mean, when you have guys like Kyle Connor, Shifley's doing really well, you, you know, you're going to put points in the net, you're going to win some games. I, I think they have a real deployment issue. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the coach of the team, so I'm not setting the lineups there. But when you have a guy like Ellers just getting tossed around, playing third line minutes, getting dropped to the second power play, um, when I don't think there's a lot of better players that should be playing in those positions uh, ahead of him. But mm-hmm. that's that's kind of, you know, I see them being 13 and eight. That's that seems kind of that seems reasonable to me. Do, do they make the playoffs again this year? I mean, if they do, they're on the cusp. If yeah. they do, they're just on the cusp, right? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. They won same thing as the as the Capitals. They won two in the last five. They lost mm-hmm. very key games. They lost to the Oilers, the Stars, and Nashville, which you know they are their rivals. They have to win those games. Those are key points yeah. that they're losing. That's almost double points, you know. But I think on the bright side, I think Perfetti this year has kind of bounced. He's he's playing really well. He has what nineteen points in twenty three games. The big uh, bright side for that team. That kid is really good. Yeah, actually, he's one of the very few uh, players right now with a, a plus minus of uh, of seven right now. Most of the most of their star players like Shifley and Connor, Kyle Connor, they're in the minuses. So that's wild, actually. Yeah, that's wild. I was actually looking at those stats. I was like, wow, this is crazy. But when it comes to their goals against and their goals for, they're hovering around like that the ten to fifteen mark. So they're in the middle of the pack right now. But you know their their division isn't that strong, so that's why I think I'll I'll see them. I could see them in the playoffs, maybe in the seven eight spot. I see them yeah, in there. Yeah, right on the cusp. Yeah, yeah for sure. W- with Helly, you have a shot, right? He's exactly. Some games for you. Yeah, and and Morsi. Yeah, I mean, Morsi is. Yeah, they're a deeper team. They're a yeah, deeper they're team. De- they're a much deeper team than Washington. Washington is very old. They have T.J. Oshie out. Backstrom is pr- practically done. There, I, I don't see a future this year. They're gonna have to make some moves off season, but with the Jets. Mm-hmm with signing Shifley long-term and Kyle Connor, one of the best goal scorers in the game right now, their their future looks bright. Yeah, I agree. I agree. With uh, Perfetti's a stud. He's going to be great in the league for a lot of years. Definitely, definitely. So, Scott, we haven't talked much about personally what's going on this season, but what's your favorite mm-hmm. team that you like to watch right now? And is there any player that stands out? Well, I have a lot of biases here, so... Keep I fantasy... Say- let's keep fantasy to the side, just personally... Yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, just 
I've been watching the the Devils a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I have I have my own biases. I try to stay away from watching Leaf games. They just stress me out, man. <laughs> they just stress me out. They just get me angry. They get that blood pressure real high. So I, I try to just watch the Leafs from afar, and then I try to watch like another kind of exciting team, right? So I always bounce around the league a bit. And this year, I've been watching some Jersey Devils games. Mm-hmm. They're just so fast and kind of exciting to watch play. The problem is they're just perpetual floaters, man. A bunch of a bunch of Phil Kessels on that team. So those guys are always just skating around watching the puck go by and they're just leaving their goalies out to out to hanging them out to dry you know so yeah i've been watching a lot of devil's games they're a lot of fun but they're just getting crushed by injuries they, uh, they started yeah. so hot they started so hot power play was almost 40 percent even i think 43 yeah. percent it's going to come down to earth of course the dynamic just a bunch of dynamic guys at the top of that team so um you expect that power play to to produce 40 percent is high but you expect them to produce but on uh, even strength, I think they only have like five goals. Mm. I mean, it's very uh, Toronto Maple Leafs-esque, right? Where that power play was so, so strong. You're just expecting them to score all the time in the power play. And then, you know, you have a team like the Devils, the same sort of thing. It's just power play experts don't, don't, get, any penalty, don't get into penalty problems or the, the, the big guns are going to come out and they're going to they're gonna punish you, you know? And- yeah, like I said, they've been, they've been running into injury issues and uh, yeah, they've just gotten kind of cold. I had Vanacek, as you already know. I had their mm-hmm. goalie. I, I picked up Schmid, play against San Jose, thinking it was going to be a very easy win. Mm-hmm. But I've watched them play last four or five games, even with Heischer back. Defensively, right. I, I don't like how they play frustrates me. It's even worse than the Leafs. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, they need to bring some team defense into it, man. I, I, th- I personally think it's a coaching situation uh, uh lindy ruff to me should be right there maybe a game or two if they if they continue playing like this i would fire him are we getting some fire lindy chance back i i, I think the, so man in the stadium there because i mean i i think you had him i had him as almost cup contenders this year right you know i definitely had them at the top of the division this year i had them winning the cup coming yeah. in you know yeah and i think they're just i mean i think they have the same record as montreal canadians right now if if not if not, like one win more. That's so I mean, when you're comparing yourselves to Montreal right now, that's uh, that's a problem. Yeah, and I saw even Jack Hughes as well. The way he floats around, he makes too many moves. He makes one too many moves in the defensive end. It's mm-hmm. too much of a liability right big, now. Big defensive liability. Yeah. I mean, they they picked up a guy like Timo Meyer who was used to just all offense, taking 10, 15 shots a game in San Jose. And they slotted him in into an all-offense team. And, I mean, we, this is what we expected. There's not going to be a lot of defense there. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad for Vanacek and Schmid, man. They're, those guys are going to get hung out to dry every night. Yeah. And now with Dougie Hamilton injured, that's why I traded yeah. away Vanacek. Personally, anybody that's listening right now, I think the New Jersey Devil wagon is gone. It's long gone. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to... They'll make the playoffs, barely. But if they're going to continue playing like this, there's, there's too many players like William Nylander on this team that have too much freedom. Having one or two guys who are explosive and the coach gives them a little bit of a, a leeway, that's fine. But when you have like five, six of those kind of guys, including Luke mm-hmm. Hughes, you're going to give up too many shots, too many goals, yeah. and you're not going to win games. You're gonna, that San Jose game, they should have won. The, the first two periods, they completely dominated. But turnovers, yeah. too many turnovers. Yeah, a lot of guys floating around out there. It, you know, it's, it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, it, it looked uh, like beer league hockey to me personally. Yeah. The way they're skating back, they're, they're watching the puck. Yeah, yeah, they're just watching the puck skate. They're just getting outskated. Pa- pucks are past them. Um, 
yeah, like I said, those goalies, man. Uh, I know we spoke a bunch about trying to make deals for those goalies, and I just kept watching that team, and I was like, eh, I'm not risking it with these guys. I was hoping, man. I was hoping you take it because yeah. I, I was watching them play, and I was just crossing my fingers. Maybe you're all over you know, the Devils. Maybe you would just take him, but I'm, ha- I'm happy yeah, I'm he's going. I'm high on the offense. Defense, not so much. No, no. Now, now the fact <laughs> that... Now the fact that Dougie Hamilton is gone, Luke Hughes has to be their main guy. Yeah, and he's a kid still. He's, he's not a kid. Like, he's not like the guy yet, you know what I mean? Chris no. Lazar, I mean, we have all these guys at the bottom of the lineup who you're hoping can bring some some depth to the team to play some defense, but even Curtis Lazar is kind of a running gun guy on the fourth line, so yeah, it's, it's not great. They, they need some, uh, they need some uh, defensive help. I don't know if they make any moves this year, even if they have the space to do it, but having uh Dougie Hamilton out is, is rough it is rough yeah two things I noticed is the coach in the last five games have given more t- ice time to Mercer and Holtz Holtz is getting a lot of responsibilities now he's actually playing well mm-hmm. uh, I don't know about fantasy wise but you know right now with their team for success I think they're gonna need those two guys going especially when Mercer the way he was playing last year if they could get him to that level again they could turn it around yeah, it's it's strange to see how Dawson Mercer's playing. He's he's back on the top line, which is wild. He's playing with uh, Jack Hughes and Tyler Toffoli on the top line. So, you know, Dawson Mercer, one of those guys, I constantly think they're a bit of a sleeper, but then we're always just waiting for them to pop off and you never really see it, right? They kind of, one of those struggle guys. Yeah. But Dougie Hamilton gone for the rest of the season. I, I think it's it's a wrap. Defensively, goaltending. Is that confirmed? It's confirmed. He's he's not coming back. It looks like he's not coming back into the, the playoffs. Season. That's what Roy told Ouch. me, so... If he's gone, I said New Jersey's Devils. That's a big blow for them. We can't that's replace tough. that. Maybe they maybe they make some moves, man. They have a lot of they have a lot of pieces at the top there. That I mean, maybe they can put something together. Maybe they can put something together. But is it worth it? Like, is it worth it going all in this year, especially with the way the team is playing? Um, with with this kind of firepower, maybe because I I do think they're one of the more dynamic scoring teams. Yeah. It just they're on the bottom right now. They they're gonna have to prove it to their to the GM or something. You know they have to go on a run for them to be like, all right, we're gonna make a move for a defenseman. But even if you go looking looking around, which defenseman can you get? Like you need a Ronick type of defenseman, and they're not right. available. They're not easy to find. Exactly, who's available, right? Yeah. So who are you watching these days? <laughs> for me, it was been, it's been the Devils as well. I've been watching them and and Vancouver. Devils, I was, I was high on. You gotta it. stop. You gotta stop with the Devils. That's the problem. Maybe, uh, maybe you're bringing some uh, bad luck. <laughs> yeah, any team I touch, man, bad luck. Especially the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, you traded those goalies away, so maybe, maybe the team picks up now. We'll see. We'll I see. traded for Fingers a bag crossed. of pucks. <laughs> I, was, I was done. <laughs> yeah, a nice bag of pucks. I hope. Yeah. Well, it was uh, Hamhus Lindholm. He's not been doing well either, but yeah, maybe you turn two. around. Point two guy. Point two guy. <laughs> How much are they paying him right now? Didn't they sign long term? I have no idea. Yeah, I think they signed him to a seven-year deal or something. Yeah, nuts. That's okay. That's yeah, okay. the but, league is the league is interesting this year. There's a lot of teams just missing the mark. Where I had them really high. Buffalo's one of them. New Jersey's one of them. No, you're right. There's there's a lot of teams that I had high on, and they're not doing as well. Just like what you said, Buffalo, New Jersey. I wasn't that high on Ottawa, but I didn't expect them to be this bad. Yeah, that was another team I was thinking was really going to pop off this year. They have all the names, right? But then they just they can't put it together. They can't string it together. It's not, not a good system. They haven't found it yet. 
maybe it's just a gel thing. Maybe they need a season or two. But even in uh, Ottawa, like they're going to run out of time. They're going to run out of time in Ottawa. This was the year. Like this was the year to go get into the playoffs, mm-hmm. get into the second round. So next year they go all in and try to be cup contenders, but they're not even there. Yeah. yeah. Well, who do you think are the, the cup contenders right now then? Well, you can't count out Vegas. They're always going to be Vegas, cup contenders. They're looking really good. Yeah. Um, LA out of nowhere again, looking really, really good. That's one. That's the one team I I knew this, they're going to do well. It was LA. I was very high on LA from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, a lot of studs on that team. Yeah, you just saw them go through those ebbs and flows of uh, ups and downs too after the cup ride they had, and then you weren't. I mean, they they moved on from Jonathan Quick, and you think they're going to go through a rebuild, but then you got a guy like Cam Talbot. Just comes out of nowhere, has a great season. Anze Kopitar, just perpetually good, right? That guy just doesn't take a shift off. He's one of those, one of the top players in the league. And then they have their young guns picking up too, right? Like you got Trevor Moore coming out of nowhere, having a crazy season. Yeah. Quentin Byfield's having a pretty good season. Kempe having a good year. Kevin Fiala, you know, he's going to heat up. The biggest surprise for me on that LA team is uh, PLD just kind of out to lunch. Yeah, he's on the third line right now. Second power play. That's That's hurting. It's hurting. Yeah. Uh, he needs uh, he needs uh, another change of scenery, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that, that soon? <laughs> Holy smokes! I don't know, but I don't think he's fitting in very well in that system because he's not doing great things. It, it will take some time. He's gonna have to understand that that culture is different than the ones that he was at. Mm-hmm. You know, defensively, you got to be sound. That's what matters first. And Kopitar, that's one thing is so special about him is he he doesn't do he doesn't do too much. He does what's yeah. asked for. And then whatever comes to him, he executes. You know, yeah, it makes it work. Yeah, it makes it work. That's a, he's a very smart yeah. player. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe LA takes another run this year. Maybe LA takes another run. I love those silver helmets, man. Oh, they're beautiful. That that conference in general is all open. There's not many teams, and especially when the Oilers have opened it up for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a really slow start. They'll they're they're going to get back into it, but they had a really slow start too this year. Yeah, very uncharacteristic of what we are used to seeing over there yeah so what what player has stood out to you this year so far um i mean jesper bratt i always had really high um uh, i'm really happy with what he's been pulling off over there in new jersey despite their inability to win games mm-hmm. um nachushkin as well I, I i sort of saw him popping off this season and i had a hard time kind of placing him in uh, a structure of where i'm gonna take this guy in a draft or, or like rating him because i just thought is this guy, this guy's due to pop off. So Valerie Nachushkin's another guy who I'm super high on right now. I think he's having a great year. Um, th- those are the two main guys that I've been enjoying and, and watching closely, kind of just blossom into superstars. I think they're both studs, Jesper Bratt and Nachushkin, man. I, I like Bratt. Where you took, took Bratt in the sixth round was, was amazing. That was a pretty good yeah, spot. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to go third or fourth round next year, I think, if he continues having a pretty good season. Yeah, the one thing that makes me worry is, you know, the, I know the power play is amazing, but mm-hmm. it's a little too amazing right now. They're just on five on five. They're not a good team, and they need to be able to put some pucks in the net five on five. You need to, yeah, you need to score five on five. Yeah, and that, that that's when you're gonna find your actual true value. Because if if he's mm-hmm. putting up, because this could remind you of Ryan Nugent Hopkins from last year. Because Ryan Nugent right. Hopkins had uh, what, 107 points last year, and 30, I think it was about 38 of his points off the power play yeah yeah he had a lot of great i mean he was just looking like a stud last year yeah i think he was shooting at almost what was he shooting at this is like a ridiculous number he was shooting at 
18.4, I believe. Everyone yeah. on that team last year. Yeah. Everyone on that team last year was just shooting out of their minds. Zach yeah. Hyman. Yeah, they all were. But now Oilers are they're coming down down to earth. Yeah, we'll see. They, uh, you know what? You, everyone wants to blame the goaltending, but um, I, I don't think it's the goaltending. I think it's the it's the team defense. It's kind of like a New Jersey esque issue, and um, they need those big guys to step up on D two. We need those Bouchard guys to step up. Those like Ekholm, we saw him play such a sound defensive game for so long in Nashville, and then we we see him go over to Edmonton, and I think that's the only guy they expect to play defense on that defensive core. So something needs to change there. But I think that team's they're going to pull it around. They're, they'll be fine. It's accountability, and with the Oilers, it's accountability. Even with the even with the Devils as well, I don't I don't see that accountability. Even when, mm-hmm. especially when uh, Jack Hughes, I believe, it was in the second period, he coughed up the puck, and it was such a bad. He was a last man back, coughed it up. It's a two one one, and then they held on to the puck for almost a minute in their zone, and they couldn't get it out. Lind, like if I was the coach, I would be I would be yelling at him, be like, "What the hell were you even thinking?" Like you can't mm-hmm. like you got to be smart about it. If you're gonna make a move like that, you better you better make sure that there's somebody right behind you. To cover your ass right you know and it's the same thing with the Oilers in that game. yeah you know I see I see Evander Kane I see Evander Kane like I could tell that he's he's holding accountability with himself but then sometimes with with McDavid and Dersido I don't see it I've, and I've been I've been saying this every week with them with the Oilers it starts from the top mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean Evander Kane's great but he just keeps putting himself in bad positions too right like yeah. um he takes some really untimely penalties. He just gets a little too hot. But you need guys to play on that edge. Yeah. You need guys oh, yeah. to play on that edge. Yeah. Hey, at least he cares, right? If you're losing and he's doing stuff like that, at least he cares. Yeah. He's a competitor. And you saw him in the past. You saw him in the past too when he didn't care, and it's a completely different Evander Kane. Exactly. There. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, if if you put him in the playoffs, he's a he's a game changer for sure. He will he will score those crucial goals for you. Yeah, he's got the talent, right? He's got the hands, he's got the speed. Um, he's got the goal scoring touch. Uh, he's one of those, those like diamond in the rough kind of guys, very undervalued, very, very good to have playing your second, third line. I think he might be on the top line right now, but yeah, I think he was, he's playing they, left wing. They I have think him first bouncing line. around. Yeah. yeah. They have him bouncing around a bit. Well, right now, McDavid's finally putting up some points. I think he just came back alive. So yeah, he's looking better. He's looking better. I don't know what it was at the start of the year. It was a strange start to, to Edmonton. I mean, I, I it had some guys in our league sweating for sure, I guess. <laughs> you talking about Fabian? <laughs> yeah, Fabian, Roy. A lot of guys are sweating with these guys, man. I mean, Fabian went with the McDavid-Hyman stack, which will will absolutely swing your week because I had them last year, and they'll absolutely swing weeks for you because mm-hmm. they'll just put so many. You just get those multipliers, right? You get the You get the goal, the assist, the power play point. You just start getting those multipliers with those stacks. Those two guys are studs together, man. Those two guys are studs together. So that's such a combination to have on a team in a fantasy league that that could swing your whole week. So if those guys are cold, you're you're looking in, you know, you're looking like you're in rough shape if those two guys are really cold. Well, that's how just just like how you have Jack Hughes and Brat, I feel like is mm-hmm. is an awesome duel. If they're if they're going, it's going to win you a week. But if they're not, oh for sure, you know, I think that's the reason why you've been kind of slowing down is because of. Those guys, they need to. They're they're pretty much everything. They're your core, you know. Those two guys. Yep you 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 live by it, you die by it, right? If yeah. they're not producing, you're you need those other guys to produce. And if if your stars aren't producing, and that's that's it, you're, you're gonna lose the week. You're gonna lose the week, unless yeah. you're streaming like Cinderella stories all the time. 
you're you're gonna run into those situations. Guys don't stay hot forever. I, I agree. What did you think? Did you watch the Ottawa versus Florida game that was on Monday? Well, with all the penalties. Yeah. No, I didn't catch it. I saw just the highlights of it, but it looked like a bit of a it looked like a bit of a circus. Yeah. I don't know. You caught the game? I, I caught, I was watching, I believe I was watching the second period. I missed that because there were so many other mm-hmm. games going on. Well, I was, yeah, yeah, there were some few games going on. I was watching something else. So what I did was I was like, all right, I'll go on YouTube, watch, you know, watch the highlights. So I went on the NHL network. And guess what? They, they removed the entire situation. So as soon as Brady went, went in and he just pressed the, pressed the brakes, they cut that entire part out from after that all the way to the point where the next play started. So the NHL just r- completely removed that part. They cut the whole thing out? They cut the whole thing out. So this, this is... Ex- really... Yeah, they're, re- they're in a really weird marketing position right now where they're going very far away from what the game of hockey actually is. And they're trying to get to this really weird finesse... Uh, this like finesse game. I don't know what's going on. Like hockey's supposed to be tough, right? Like yeah. bashing, brawling, playing a playing a tough game. That's that's kind of what hockey hockey's always been, right? Yeah. Um, from our perspective as like Canadian watchers, I mean, we are we're expecting it to be a grindy game. I mean, we grew up watching like, you know, Gary Roberts in the corners. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Ty Domi in the corners, guys uh, dump dumping the puck in and, and and getting that turnover, getting those pucks deep. That's you know they're just. They're cliches right now, but it was the way the game was played before, and it was a tough game. I don't know why they're uh, trying to get super finesse with it. No matter how much they yeah. how much they try, when it comes to the playoffs, it's going to go right back to physicality. So what what are you guys trying to do? I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. Yeah, it seems like when the shift happens in the playoffs, that's when you're going to get the most uproar because if they're going to let stuff, they're going to let some things go during the uh, during the regular season, right? Because they just want the game to have a good flow, a good feel. But they're still locking down on things too. Um, so if if they do the same lockdown in the playoffs and they try and change the playoffs the way they're changing the regular season, then I think that's a bad look for the NHL. I think that's going to do poorly for them. Listen, those are the only two things that the NHL has right from the beginning is the playoffs. The first round especially, it's so exciting to watch. Yep. And number two, I just uh, it's, the, it's the Stanley Cup itself and the celebrations, right? That's just mm-hmm. unique to me first part if you're going to remove the intensity which you can't i mean i brought this up last week as well you you try to remove it it's, it's going to come out some other way so they're, they're trying to i don't know if they're trying to make the game more european more international but like you got to embrace your actual fan base and that's what i think the nfl has right they know it's a bunch of those rednecks right they're watching the game and it's not a bad thing like you know who your van uh, your fan base is you know and hockey should embrace it. Yeah, you always need to pander to the actual fans of the game first. Yeah. Um, and then try and find ways to incorporate the, the French. Exactly. Uh, that's that's the way I look at it anyways. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. And with this, Brady versus Matthew, their grandmother's sitting there watching the game, right? This happens. Yeah. There's, you know, 10-minute misconducts to all the players that are... are on the ice, which I think was a little too much, to be honest. There are yeah. a lot of players that are trying to stop it, and they're like, no, enough is enough. We're just going to get yeah, everybody. Yeah, just a couple guys bear-hugging, getting 10-minute uh, yeah. misconducts. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Get, you get Matthew and Brady talking smack on the ice. I mean, that's, that's marketing right there. Like, you could sell yeah, this. That's, yeah, you know, exactly. if I'm a fan, 
I see that everywhere on my TV. Matthew versus Brady, this happened, and their grandma's there, you know? Next time they play, I'm marking on the calendar. The NHL will never let me forget that they're going to be playing against each other. That was the old NHL or maybe the NBA or any other organization. But this NHL right now will make you forget it. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're trying to bury it. They're trying to hide it. You're right. It's, it's, rivalries is a, a big thing that's missing. And the Chuck brothers are a good one to kind of pander to. Again, they're just missing the mark on it. I mean, you see, you see them in commercials together selling yeah. cars. Yeah. You're telling me the NHL can't figure that out? <laughs> it's frustrating, man. I like I don't even remember when the last time I marked any game on the calendar so that I have to watch these two teams play against each other. I can't even remember right. that. Right. Even the Leafs rivalries that used to be you gotta watch that game, Leafs Montreal, Leafs Boston. Yeah. There's a lot of history, right? Even those games are ah, it's another game. It's another game in the season. Let's exactly. let's see in the playoffs. Let's yeah. see let's see when the playoffs start. Yeah, that's that's not good for the game. Yeah. It was like Boston versus Montreal is a classic one. Mm-hmm. I know those fan fan bases hate each other, but it's not a game that I, I look forward to watching anymore. There's nothing, there's no narrative. There's no story behind it. Yeah. There's not even like a Battle of Ontario, Ottawa, Toronto story. There's no. just no stories. There's no stories. All, all the stories are, they seem to be controversies at this point. Uh, sexual assault allegations, <laughs> uh, people doing drugs in hotel rooms. I think they're doing more trying to cover up than they are trying to grow which i don't know what you know they always say bad press is good press so i don't know maybe you let some of these crazy stories ride a little bit i don't know yeah that's what that's what guys want right this is this is our soap opera sports yeah for sure for sure we want to know what kazesov's doing up in that hotel we want to (laughs) know yeah we need to know how much coke did he snort (laughs) we need to know man get his get his get his drug dealer on (laughs) Exactly. What was that team doctor doing that night there? What was he doing? Why yeah. was he talking to the police? <laughs> no, but that's 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 what it is though. They need to let those stories go, right? They need some some action, some fun. They're they're doing too much covering it up. They just let it go. Bad press is good press. Let it let it all go. Um, I don't know. They have like the old man syndrome where they're just too focused on cost. They're unable to understand intrinsic value. They're not building the building what they need to build upon. Like, they have a good infrastructure. There's a lot of good teams with a lot of good stories. Yep. But they don't build on any of those stories. The, like, they let the narrative stay around, like, Arizona, in Florida. And it's no one cares about Arizona. They've played for three different... Uh, they've moved three times in Arizona. Yeah. They can't, even, they can't even find a home in Arizona to play. Phoenix, Glendale, and now they're at Arizona State. It's unbelievable, man. Uh, listen, this is... Uh, I, I think I brought this up a long time ago. I think they're doing money laundering in Arizona. That's the only way this team must exist. <laughs> like, think about it. There has to be some money going in and out, you know? Usually when you're uh, laundering money, there's uh, there's money. Yeah, but I'm like, I, I don't know, man. There there must be some behind-the-scenes stuff going on. It's the only way this team has to be floated, uh, afloat right now. Yeah, we got we got to talk to Wayne Gretzky. He's He had an inside look, so yeah. only Wayne knows. Let's, yeah. let's talk to Wayne about what happened in Arizona. Maybe we'll get a better understanding. Yeah, him, him and his wife and Rick Tockett, mm-hmm. the current coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's see what's going on in Arizona. But that's, that's what happens. They're just – they're going in on these markets and they're trying to grow the game in markets where they don't need to be growing or have already proven to not work. Mm-hmm. But they just hammer it. They're just hammering and hammering and hammering it. Like they're blue collar guys, hammering, hammering, hammering. It's like, come on, we have some smarter minds in the NHL. You guys can figure some stuff out. Don't don't throw a ninety four percent attendance 
uh, record in Florida at, at my face telling me Florida's a good market. When you can buy four tickets in for 20 bucks, you get four beers and four hot dogs. It's, right, a, exactly. it's a fallacy, right? It's not real. You know, for the longest time, I think they were covering the back seats, weren't they? With that <laughs> black tarp. Yeah. I believe, I swear to yeah. God, that was like two years ago. They, they do that in a couple places, honestly. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that the seats don't exist. We'll stop selling those. We'll stop selling those tickets. So it looks like the building is more sold out. I mean, you saw in the playoffs, they were stopping all the Leaf fans from going to Florida to watch the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, it they, they 50, know. 50-50. It would have been 50-50 there. <laughs> I think it would have been more, to be honest. I think there would have been way Maybe. more Leaf fans. Maybe. I mean, you already see the goalies go chance when you get there. You're on a regular season. Imagine the playoffs. Yeah, that's it. That's in a lot of barns, too. Yeah. I think Florida yeah, is, is different because Florida, there's a lot of retired retired people there. A yeah, lot of yeah. retired a lot of Canadians in Florida for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and if you're Canadian, you should just be a Leafs fan. So that's how it works. Yeah, I'm just saying there there just needs to be less scripting. Like it's just it, the whole NHL feels really scripted, right? Like yeah. um, you have these studs and these superstars, and they're just yeah, it was a good game. Uh, guys were working really hard out there. Uh, you know, we need to, we need to play all 60 minutes, yada, yada, yada. You see, you hear the same script over and over and over. It's sad when like Paul Bissonnette and PK Subban are the, are the, are the personality that you want to see, but these guys just didn't have the skill set. Yeah. We need to see some guys with better skill set with the same personality, with the same freedom, with the same, um, idea about how to build their own brands yeah too many guys are just too focused on yeah sticking to the script it's boring you know i was thinking about this you know how like the pair of skates right they look like very dull skates but what if you made them look like sneakers like you know that, sure. that's, that's another marketing aspect to it and i'm not get saying that the league needs out to there do. on the ice yeah get some jordans out there like there must be a like austin matthews there has to be somebody like seeing this like all right we can definitely exploit this market for sure. They're about getting ads on things, not so much about making things flashy. Yeah, well, that's why the, that's why the NHL hasn't been growing, like even individual-wise mm-hmm. as well, you know? Mm-hmm. That's one thing I respect yeah, take, about the NBA. They take it away. Yeah. Yeah, they take, it, they take the individuality away. Yeah. Last, last week, we talked about the 2025 World Cup. We just kind of talked about there's only going to be four teams happening in 2025 and they already brought up that there's gonna be some games happening in europe but most of them are gonna happen in north america so i was just thinking hey why don't we think about some hypothetical lineups for these four teams and where you rank them okay yeah okay so maybe start with um, you know team canada well team canada i think is is super easy right the only i mean i think right off the bat i think Sidney crosby is going to be around you got to mm-hmm. You got to keep Captain Crosby up there. Yeah. Um, you're going to have all the all the big wigs. You're going to have McDavid, Tavares, McKinnon, Marchand, Stamkos, Marner, uh, like the the weird like cuff guys. I think you might see on the team that you might not expect to see on the team are like the Zach Hyman's. The you know that that's a guy who you might not necessarily think is going to make a Team Canada, but you can see him making a Team Canada if he's going to play on McDavid's wing, right? Because those guys are just. I mean, Zach Hyman's putting up great numbers. In, in Edmonton, uh, you could see a guy like Zach Hyman making a Team Canada to to kind of just bolster and work with McDavid on the line, right? A guy like Seth Jarvis, maybe. Um, another guy, too, that just might make a Team Canada in 2025. Wow, you think Seth Jarvis will make it? 
I mean, he's just one of those like fringe guys who you might just see make the team in like a fourth line role. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many superstars. Can't I mean the the four teams the four teams they have what uh, Canada, uh, U.S., United Sweden, States, Sweden, and Finland, Finland. I mean, they're a lot of these places are stacked with with hockey talent, right? So it's hard to put a team together. But I mean, all the big names are going to be there. You're going to see Makar, Bouchard, Morrissey, Theodore, Riley. Maybe Dougie Hamilton if his peck is all better. Mm-hmm. You know, some the, like I think the decor is gonna, uh, the decor will be insane. The, the wingers will be insane. The centers will be insane. Goalies, I think, is where Team Canada is kind of hurting right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who would you put in goalie for Team Canada right now? I think I'm starting with Carter Hart. I think that's really yeah. I think Car- Carter Hart as an individual, I believe he's he is an amazing goaltender. That team in front of him okay. is just garbage. He is Ooh, really good. I- I like that. That's that's a spicy take. I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's my starting yeah. goaltender. I will have Aiden Hill mm-hmm. as my number two. Right. I have Aiden Hill and Logan uh, on the team too. Yeah, I have Logan as my my backup if something happened to these players. My number three goalie would be Marc-Andre Fleury. I'm bringing some veteran leadership. Really? Yes. Do you have Cam Talbot in that conversation at all? I have him as a as a honorably you know, mentioned <laughs> person. But An honorable mention. Honorable okay. mention, yes. What about Darcy Kemper? I don't have Kemper. I don't have Kemper. Really? No, I don't have Kemper. I think he's one of the best Canadian goalies right now. Just yeah. one of those, one of those guys who just doesn't have a great cast in front of him. So, I mean, if you put a team like Team Canada in front of a guy like Darcy Kemper, I think he might stand on his head. I mean, Darcy Kemper did incredible things in Minnesota. He did great things in uh, in Washington for a couple of years there. Yeah. You're going with Carter Hart, who has like no proven track record, really. Yeah. No, I, I believe Carter Hart's. If you if you put him in Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in like instantly instantly are a top three team. He's, wow, he's that. I think he's that good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like. That. I, I I make these are crazy any, crazy uh... takes, but I think he's really good. No, I like it, man. I like it. Do you have any crazy takes for centers and wingers for Team Canada? Oh, like, I mean, I think Zach Hyman and Seth Jarvis might be guys who are fringe players to make the team, but um, for the rest of it, I think it's pretty standard, right? The Tavares, McKinnon, McDavid. Marshawn. So I have my first line is Crosby centering McKinnon and McDavid. It's my first line. Oof. Yeah, I'm I'm just throwing all three of those guys. Come come bring it. Anybody. You know, who are you gonna come? I mean, who's we, gonna we've come? seen it work. Yeah. We've seen it work. Yeah. So, so then I got in the second line I got Braden Point playing with Stamkos and Barzell. Mm-hmm. So you got the Tampa there. Bay connection there. Yeah. I like that with Barzell. I think Barzell is just a ma- magician himself. I think he's going to be able to open up the ice for those two. Yeah. And then number three, I got John Tavares centering Marner and Bedard. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bedard. Yeah, he's a guy who I had like an honorable mention for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I have him. I have him there. And my fourth line is going to be a gritty line. I have Shifley centering Mark Stone and Marchant. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a great that's a great lineup. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I think Carter Hart's going to let you down in the World Cup. There, but. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't even know if they're going to bring him. Like, I think yeah. you're right. I think they're going to put Kemper. There's a lot of people saying Kemper. I just personally, in, I'm just looking at an individual. I think Carter Hart, he's mm-hmm. he's a really good goaltender. He just doesn't have a yeah. good cast. A lot of these other teams are way, way deep in net, where I think Canada, the only weak spot is in net. I mean, we've been seeing it over the years, right? Canadians, we used to yeah. have great goaltending, but that factory has closed down. They have shipped yeah, it all like overseas, it. you know? It hasn't, has never mm-hmm. came back home. So Yeah, 
some of the guys didn't uh, pan out like you kind of hoped they would, like the Tokarskis. Um, there was a couple good Canadian kids coming up through the World Junior system, and then you just didn't see them blow up like like a lot of the a lot of the players used to do in the past. But yeah, yeah you're you're right that that factory's closed up. Yeah. Do you do you have any uh any unique players on the defensive defensive end that would not be um, the norm? On defense, I think uh no not not really i mean i think my defense is pretty solid I, I i had a hard time reaching on defense like i said i had mccarr bouchard uh morrissey theodore riley hamilton i think those are just really safe 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 picks okay safe picks for it um did you have any outliers on there yeah defense? i got i got so i got taves playing with mccarr on the first line taves okay right and i got morrissey and yeah. hamilton yeah i got morgan riley and noah dobson Noah Dobson, okay. And then my number no, seven defenseman. No Brent Burns? No, no. Brent, Brent Burns is already, what, 39? He's just old. He's, yeah, old. he's getting old. He's not even my honorable mentions. He's not even there. Mm-hmm. I got Peter Angelo as my number seven defenseman. Okay. And my honorable I mean, mentions. That's that's, those are safe picks, I think. Yeah, I think Noah Dobson is the only uh, true young player that's coming into this lineup, but he's highly mm-hmm. skilled. I, I really like no, him. No Drew Doughty? No. No Chris Letang, too old. Eh? No, no. I have Montour, Theodore, Powers, Owen Powers, and Shabbat as my honorable mentions. Okay. Montour over Ekblad. Yeah. No, Ekblad, I don't think he's the same guy. I think Montour is much more mobile. And no Spurgeon either. No Spurgeon either. Just, uh, the, the, okay. the back end is just so deep, right? I know. There's there's a lot of guys. There's yeah. a lot of guys. And as my, my backup for the forward squad, I have Nick Suzuki if somebody goes down and Dylan Cousins. Shh. Dylan Cousins, okay. I like that. Nick Suzuki, too. Those are both great, great additions for sitting on the outside. I have guys like Cole Perfetti. Wow. Uh, you know, Shane Wright. Maybe some of these kids, if they just figure it out. We we saw some of them kind of stand up on the international stage in the past and do really well for Team Canada. So um, you see Team Canada more often than not kind of stick to Team Canada, guys. It's true, right, but I think so, they're a little too young, maybe a little too unproven for this World Cup. Maybe the next one, I'll see definitely see those guys. Yeah. Yeah, they would have to be popping off this year to be considered on the on the team next year, I think. Yeah. I got Zach Hyman yeah. and and uh Kairou as my honorable mentions. Okay, yeah, I see see I had like Zach Hyman on the fringe as well. Just okay. for the Connor McDavid factor. Most likely Hyman will play. Because it's the Kunitz, right? It's the same factor. They're gonna try to bring him in. Right. Yeah. Okay. So where do you rank Team Canada one to four? This is tough, man, but I think I have USA over them. Uh, I think I'm probably the same. I think I'm probably the same. I think I have Canada as number two and USA as number one. They just have such a a young gun talent pool. What, uh, what's your USA lineups looking like? I'll kind of see if they sync up with mine. So my first lineup is, uh, Austin Matthews with Matthew Kachuk on the right side and Jack Hughes on the left side. Right. There's no way I'm going to make Jack Hughes play center. There's no way. uh, You're right. Let him run and gun. Let him play crazy. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so second line, I got I got Eichel playing with uh, Clayton Keller and Kyle Connor. Okay. Yeah. And my third line, I got Tage Thompson playing with Brady Kachuk and Robertson. Okay. Yeah. And my, uh, any? Uh, yeah. Did you Did you mention DeBrincat? Oh, he's on my fourth line. So okay. I, I got Larkin, DeBrincat, and JT Miller on my fourth line. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I had them pretty high on the team for me. Oh, you okay? So you had to bring it. I'm guessing on the second line. Yeah, Larkin. Oh, you had Larkin up there too, top six. 
yeah, D- Dylan Larkin and Debrinkat just together, just same yeah. reason as the first, mm-hmm. yeah, as as the Canada conversation. I, I just think that Jack Eichel maybe brings a little more to the table. That's why I have him on the second line. I mean, he's been a stud since he had his back fixed. Yeah, yeah, and JT Miller, yeah, honestly, is one of the best PK guys I could say in the league. So I'm definitely having him in my lineup. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, yeah, and I wanted to keep um, Brady with Tage Thompson. You know, two big boys. Um, yeah, taking up a lot of space, and then Jason Robertson just with that snipe. Well, I mean, Tage Thompson also has a crazy shot too. Jason Robertson right. just will maybe bring a little more talent. Yeah, a little more finesse. Yeah, finesse. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. And then I got any, uh, sorry. Any honorable mentions on forward? Uh, so I got my two guys are sitting on the bench. It's going to be Touch and uh, Gensel. Okay, no love for Chris Kreider. Oh, actually, damn, I forgot about Chris Kreider. Okay. Oh, Chris Kreider's yeah, Chris good. Kreider was like my Chris Kreider was my honorable mention for for cracking that forward lineup. What about Joe Pavelski? No, I'm not bringing Pavelski, but Chris Kreider, he's not definitely like, he's coming into this captain? lineup. I just don't know who I would kick out. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was thinking Kreider for sure is like one of those like real fringe guys. Yeah, I think Kreider's just a big body presence in front of that net. Mm-hmm. You know, deflecting the puck, he's just so good at it. Hand eye coordination is amazing. I would definitely put him yeah. on a lineup. I just don't know who I would take out. Like uh, the only two people I could think about kicking out is maybe DeBrinket or Clayton Keller. Yeah, see, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think Clayton Keller. Oh, you so? Oh, you didn't have him. Mm-hmm. But to that's. Be, I, I think he's. I think he's a stud. But yeah, he didn't. He didn't crack my lineup. To be honest, I'd rather have Clayton Keller than DeBrinket. Really? Yeah. I just think the Larkin factor, Larkin DeBrinket factor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But that's if Larkin Portal. makes the lineup because there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that don't have him. Yeah, I mean, he's just perpetually underrated, I think, Dylan Larkin. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's abnormal. That that sounds about right. Uh, Let lo- these guys do like a rep, rep hockey tryout and see see who makes the team. Who makes it, yeah. Because there's a lot of people <laughs> that were saying that Goudreau should be in the lineup. And I wouldn't Yeah, Johnny him. Hockey. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't. I, I'm, I'm so low on Johnny Goudreau right now. Yeah, wasn't there a time when uh, I believe uh, it wasn't Patrick Kane? Who who did they cut off the? T- oh, it was um, uh, from Boston. Uh, sorry, from from Ottawa. What's his name? The guy who got traded from from the Ducks. Uh, Bobby Ryan. Oh, Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan. Do Is you're... he even playing right now? I don't think so. I don't think Bob. Let me check if Bobby Ryan's still playing. I, I don't swear think Bobby he... Ryan's even on a roster right no, now. No, I think he had an injury. Bobby Ryan had an injury. Let me check his wiki. That's an interesting name too, Bobby Ryan. Yeah, two yeah, first names. He was left off the team in the past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he was all sour. I remember that. I remember that going down. I, I honestly, I think they made like Glenn Denning or somebody play over him. They picked somebody <laughs> like that. I don't think it was Glenn Denning. I, it was somebody else, but I remember it was a ty- that type of player they brought in over him. So they didn't go with all skill. They just brought in a guy who they felt like could kill penalties. And then well, yeah, sometimes they don't bring like like four lines of skilled players. You know, sometimes they just don't do that. Yeah, but they but gotta they build have... a, a pretty even team. Yeah, but they have to. This time they have enough talent for them to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't bring players like that when you have stars sitting out. You got Goudreau, you got Patty Kane, you got Caulfield, you got Zegres. I don't I don't yep. really have Zegres like really high, but those guys are no, you know, they're knocking on the door. Those those are guys like on the fringe for me too. Zegers, Boldy, uh, Beniers, mm-hmm. Cooley, 
like you know these. You got these some young kids, kids, man. You're you're picking. That's what I mean. Like I'm I'm thinking if kids could pop off, if kids if some kids could pop off this year, then they could see themselves in like a fourth line role on 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 a on a world stage. I think that's I think that's a good thing. If if you want to build your team and you want to build it up, then you have to have some young kids to take over for the older guys. Mm-hmm. But like your your fourth line, your your wingers, they have to be really good penalty killers too. I think that's what yeah, that's what Team sure. Canada always are pretty successful in. They have these like guys like Mark Stone they bring in, and they just mm-hmm. give them that role. Like John Tavares, they have given that role into uh, in the past. You know Bergeron as well. So if they if they give that kind of role to maybe Alex Touch or JT Miller or somebody like that, mm-hmm. I think that's how USA will be successful. Yeah, I, I hear that. It, yeah, I can't disagree. Yeah. Well, what about we, the defense? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a couple. I think defense is really easy for them too. It's um, I have Carlson Krug, I have Jones and Ghost, Truba Fowler, and Quinn Hughes, and Alec Martinez. Zach Rowenski is like my honorable mention for the team if he can get healthy. Bro, we have different picks. <laughs> yeah? There's so many guys that even make my honorable mention from the guys you list- listed. <laughs> well, who are, you, who, are you, who are you rolling with? So I have the number one shutdown guy in the entire league, Slavin. Playing on my first line with Adam okay. Fox. Yeah, I, those guys are studs. Yeah, they're they're there. Yeah, they're there. And then I got Quinn Hughes with Charlie McAvoy on the second line. Okay. And then third line, I got John Carlson with Wierenski. And I got yeah. Jake Sanderson as my number seven defenseman. Jake Sanderson, okay. Yeah, I got Falk, Truba, and Seth Jones as my honorable mentions. So no, no, no love for Cam Fowler. No crew. No. No. Okay. Yeah, I think Rensky, you know, John Carlson, Fox, Hughes are really good skaters. You need to have Fox on that team. Yeah, you need to have Fox. And Jake Sanderson is also an amazing skater as well. If mm-hmm. he does really well this year, I, I could definitely see him. He's one of those rookies, that, one of the very few rookies, I think, that are just going to be able to instantly be on this team. What about Faber? I think it's too, I think it's too early. Just too early. There's just too many defensemen. He, he's going to maybe, mm-hmm. maybe have another year or two. I think mm-hmm. he'll be ready. Uh, yeah. Goal, goalie wise, man, holy smokes! We used to talk about Finland having some stacked goalies, but USA, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll 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 go first with goalies here. Yeah. Okay. So I have I have Demko is in net. Mm-hmm. I have Demko in net actually, mm-hmm. and then I have backups as Swayman and Ottinger. Okay. So that's funny. I have Ottinger starting with Hellebuck and Demko as my backups, and I have Swayman okay, as my ho- honorable mention. <laughs> Okay. See, I have Heli just like kind of old. I'm like, ah, we'll we'll give Heli we'll give Heli the World Cup off. Yeah, but do you remember? Uh, it wasn't. I don't know if it was the last World Cup, the the Olympics, when they brought in. There was it Mark Andre Fleury. Who who was that veteran goalie that Team Canada brought in because they weren't playing well? Oh, man, slipping on top of my head. But I feel like there's always one veteran goaltender is really good. You need one. I think Hellebuck is that guy. One quiet guy who's yeah. just gonna play it like a regular game yeah 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 okay swayman's really good holy that's what i'm saying swayman's sitting out if you go look at the other two sweden and finland and you have swayman sitting out he's their starting goaltender instantly no no i have swayman in i have demko swayman ottinger no i know i for me i have swayman sitting out as honorable mention of ottinger hellebuck and demko well yeah they're so deep in goal yeah it's crazy that's where that's where they moved the factory they moved it straight to the states yeah no kidding (laughs) Yeah, and then yeah, I have the just the young kids for the young kids for USA too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they got a lot of young kids coming up. I think their young 
their young core looks a lot better than Canada's young core. We have like Bedard, and then it, it kind of falls off real quick after that. You know, there's been a lot of I mean, stories you, going you look on. At team, you look at Team USA, and like their young kids are Jack Hughes. Yeah. So what the heck? Crazy. Yeah, you're gonna look at them in the next five, ten years. USA, like the development league, is getting amazing. NCAA is just is growing. It's 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 becoming a first first option now over the CHL. And you're gonna see. Is this it. the true? Is this the true reverberations of the NHL growing the league, and that's growing the league in, in America? I believe so. Yeah. There's a lot of conspiracies going on, man. I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but I think I believe NHL is trying to take that Canadian identity out of the game. I, I believe that 100%. certainly it certainly seems that way yeah but it's funny if you sold a canadian game to the to the states if you to, sold it to a lot of these these uh football fans or anything they'll mm-hmm. buy it they love that violence but they're oh, not yeah, for sure speed speed and just violence yeah absolutely fighting they love it it's too much politics in sports man that's one thing that annoys <laughs> me man just politics comes into play just give us what we want to watch you know it's mm-hmm. annoying yeah. Anyways, let's go move to the European okay. teams. Let's go move to yeah. Team Sweden. Okay. So, so you got you got USA one, Canada two, and now we got the, we got the Europeans. Yeah. And okay, honestly, so Sweden, it does it drop off? <laughs> yeah, Sweden. I mean, Sweden's great and Finland's great, but you, there there are huge drop offs, and from my perspective, anyways. Yeah. They're they're always there though. They always show up. So. Yeah. No, definitely. Hard to say drop off. Who, do you want to you... run through your lines? Yeah. Yeah. So I got. So I got Pedersen centering the first line with William Nylander and Philip Forsberg. Okay, yep, similar. Yeah, then I got Mika. He's going to be playing a very crucial uh, role in this team. He's going to have to be that shutdown guy. He's playing yeah. with Jesper Bratt and Kempe. Yep, okay, I have the same thing. Yeah, and then I got Ilias Lindholm playing on the third line with Raquel and Landis Kog if he's ever back. Okay. Yeah, and my fourth line, Thanks, I got Erickson Eck. With Lucas Raymond and Leo Carlson. Okay, I was going to say, where's Lucas Raymond fitting into this lineup? Yeah, that's where and I Leo Carlson. Him. See, I have him left out, but yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. He's that guy. He's that youth guy. Yeah. I had Zabinajad as the captain, too. And then, yeah, all, all the same names. Philip Forsberg, Nylander. What about Rackle? Kako Rackle? No, is... no. For Finland? No, no. <laughs> oh, that's Finland. That's Finland. Yeah. No, Ra- for... Raquel. Raquel. Oh, Ra- Raquel. Yeah, Raquel. Third line. I have him with Lindholm and... And Lance oh, with Lindholm, got you, yes. got you. I missed that then. Okay, yeah. this this um, team I mean, is not going to be able to. Same guys. Yeah, I don't think this yeah, team is going to score a whole lot, especially their bottom six. But I think mm-hmm. they will be able to shut down pretty much anybody else. Yeah, I think they're going to be a defense first team. Yeah, yeah, because their defense is out of this world. Yeah, like look, if you look down the order, other than Pedersen, I think Pedersen's very offensive. And Mika is as well, but Mika and you got uh, Lindholm and Eriksson Ek. Those guys, mm-hmm. I think they could shut down pretty much anybody. Yeah, Erickson X is stud. Yeah. And then I got uh, Victor Arvinson and I got Burkowski as my two guys sitting on the bench. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Leo Carlson is like my end of the bench guy, I think. Okay. I, I think he's going to improve by the end of the year. He, he's going he's gonna to become a stud. I could maybe even see him getting into the top six if he, con- if yeah. he continues playing well. They have this load management thing and he plays in uh, Anaheim, so I just never see his games. Yeah, no, I've he's a he's a very play, smart so player. I've a, only seen him once, to be honest. I have like a bad touch on how good he is. I just hear he's just absolutely insane. Yeah, uh, I know he had a crazy nice uh, shootout goal last night against Colorado. Oh, that was nasty. Oh, that's so much. He has so much skill for for a guy that size too. 
Yeah, a lot of these big guys are coming into the league with a ton of skill. Tage Thompson's like the same sort of thing, right? Just a huge guy with a ton of skill. You don't usually see it. Yeah, crazy reach. I think with when you saw Victor Hedman with that reach and everything and with that skill set, mm-hmm. kind of changes the perspective of how you see big guys. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Especially with the touch. You just expect them to be bruisers, right? And exactly. When they have the nice hands too, it's like insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, defense, um, I think we're probably going to be pretty well aligned on this one. It's, yeah. Uh, Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman, uh, Matthias Ekholm, OEL, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, mm-hmm. Rasmus Sanderson, uh, Rasmus Sandin, or Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah, those are my top six. Uh, those that, You just named yeah. them. Dahlin and Anderson yeah. is, is second line, and OEL and Ekholm is my third line. Yeah, and you had Carlson, Hedman, first line? Yes. I had the same thing. Same, same what thing. What happened to John Klingberg, man? No. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 he's gone he's gone no even you know even what? if he didn't join the leafs this year i'd never had him yeah. i never had him i'll, I'll rather have ham Hughes lindholm as my number seven defenseman yeah. over him uh yeah i have like uh rasmus sandine and eric gustafson as like those might be guys who are on the fringe of making the defensive core on that team but yeah i, I i'm the same john Klingbirds get him out of here yeah i got forsling and brodine over him i think those those are much better defensemen for this game. What about Adam Larson over him? Yeah, I would have Adam Larson. I, I don't think Klingberg is going to make this team. I don't even think he's going to maybe make this the B team for Sweden. He's gone, man. Joffrey he's gone. Lupul. He's Joffrey Lupul. Joffrey Lupul, <laughs> man. <laughs> Just like, was it uh, Harmon who said that? Yeah. Joffrey Lupul. Uh, perfect, man. Joffrey Lupul, man. That's yeah. it. Robida Island. Robida Island, man. Back so- spasms for the rest of his life, <laughs> sipping mimosas on a beach. <laughs> He's on his own island, man. <laughs> what about what about goaltending wise? What do you uh, have? Okay, so I think we're probably going to be aligned on goaltending too because we've we've talked goalies a lot in the past. Yeah, I think Allmark is the starter. I think for the team. Yeah. Um, I have Gustafson from Minnesota as the backup, and this is this might be a little off the cuff, but I have Markstrom as like the third string goalie from Calgary. Bro, I have the same picks. I have Markstrom as my number two. Okay, and Gustafson three. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, those guys are just studs. They're they're all great. They would all do great on great teams. So th- exactly. those were really easy picks too. Yeah. Again, I think that's just a defense first team. Mm-hmm. And those goalies are going to put up insane numbers if the team can play defense. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's it. So I have them. You know what? Look, after after looking at the lineups now, I, <clears throat> I see Sweden and Canada are like such a top up, like a toss up. Just because yeah. of the defense, the defense and goalie. I just think with Canada, um, you know, Canada just has like all together. If you have like you have Bedard, you have McDavid, you have Crosby, you have McKinnon, four of the best players in the world. Well, top, you could say the yeah. three players they could they could beat anybody. So if you have yeah. the most amount of skill, Canada still could. You know, USA always looks good on paper. I'll say that right now. Their their, la- yeah. their last time, their team looked so good with Patty Kane and all these guys, and I was hyped. Mm-hmm. But the team did they were disappointing. Canada always shows yeah. up. Yeah, Canada always shows up. It's like Finland. Finland yeah. always shows up. Just doesn't have the same skills. Exactly. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Sweden defense first team, just a stud cast for sure. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Finland was harder for me to do, but I, I I think they're deep. They're just not as deep as the other four teams. Defe- like defensively, I think this team is definitely lacking compared to the rest of the teams. I mean, key mentions for me are you know, Barkov obviously way up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rantanen, Rupe Hints. Patrick Laine is making this team for sure. Yeah. Sebastian Ajo, mm-hmm. uh, Lekkonen, 
I got Capo Caco up there because mm-hmm. the name is just sick. So you got Adam. I got Tara <laughs> Vining because he's my boy. Yeah. Uh, my uh, he's my uh, Jordan Cairo, my poor man's Jordan Cairo. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Which is, uh, is what Michael called him the other day. I thought that was great. It's, oh, he did. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's perfect perfect for him well he's having a better year than kairu this year so far yeah that's crazy yeah it's crazy that that's basically the finish players i could think of to put on the, on the lines there barkov rantanen hints lining sabash naho teravinen capo caco lekanen and then it just huge decline huge yeah. fall off after that michelli oh yeah michelli making the lineup uh, he's like my it's like my honorable mention. Okay. Yeah, I have him as that. Him, well. him and Kotka Niemi. Both those guys are oh. kind of honorable mentions. Yeah, I have um, I Barkov, Rantanen, Lekkonen on my first line. Yeah. I think Lekkonen, Rantanen, they play with each other. I think they know mm-hmm. each other's game. Barkov, defensively sound. He will you know, do what he needs to do. Dave's That's, boy. Yeah. Second, second line, I got Aho, Teravainen, and I got Rope Hintz playing right wing with these guys. Yeah, top six could compete. They're they're really good top six. Bottom yeah, six. Yeah, I basically stopped at top six. I basically stopped at top six. Was like, okay, it could be anyone here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I had I had Mikael Granlin. I got Kakiniemi, and I got Patrick Laine on the third line. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I see a lot of mistakes. This is where the mistakes are going to happen. This line, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the rest. And then the fourth line, you got Lindell, Kapokako, and T- Tolvainen as my fourth line. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The uh the Seattle kid. Yeah, yeah. I just think there's you know, there's not much defense on these bo- on those bottom six. It's gonna be they're gonna be coughing up the puck quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. What do you got for defense then? Defense, I got of course Hiskinen. I got Yoki yeah. Har- Haru on my first line. Okay. I got Valamaki Ristalinen on my second line. I yep. got Issa yep. Lindell and Mikola on my third line. Okay. Left off uh Olimata. Olimata is my honorable mention. Haka, okay. Aga Hakinpa okay. over him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. decent. I mean, very similar teams we built here. Yeah. And then what about what about goaltending? What do you got? See, goaltending I thought wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Saros as a starter. Yeah. And then I have backups as uh, Ranta and Corpusalo. Ooh, okay. So I took a Ranta. Ranta's my honorable mention. I got Huso as my number two. Okay, Huso. Yeah. My uh, my honorable mention goalie is six K. Uko Pekka Lukanen. Six K. Okay. Yeah, six K is my honorable mention goalie. Just we had to get another six a six K reference in here. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Wild. Of course. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I, that, that team is. Uh, you know what? We we're sitting here saying they're gonna fall off after the top six, but that team will show up to any game that they're gonna play, and, and they're. They can put a they can put a good sixty minutes together and they can play against any of these teams. No, I I mean of course they're going to be able to compete. I mean they're they're the four best teams, but when you see all the talent with the other three teams, you know if you even look at the bottom six compared to these guys, you know I don't know Granlund oh, should sure. Granlund should not even be making like the previous Finland teams that they're you know they had. I think there's kind mm-hmm. of a drop off. Originally Finland would have a much deeper team, but now it just seems like they're missing certain you know players yeah. that they you would could, have you could build a second team canada to play against the the top finish team yes yeah yeah, yeah. I, I sort of agree with that yeah i mean that's just always depth. been the case with canada right just depth right yeah they have so much wealth yeah and then 
Russia. Uh, I did a Russia team. I don't oh, know, you did just, one. Okay. I, I just have like my honorable mentions for the Russians. Um, again, I don't think they should be left out of the World Cup. Man, there's no World it's, Cup without uh, Russia. It's, it's not. That's it. I just. It's not a World Cup without Russia. I really don't think politics should be kind of uh, mixing with the sport world like that. I think the there's just so many young kids, so many young Russians too, who are just phenomenal hockey players. And to not have a Russian team because of like the Ukraine Russia conflict is kind of absurd to me. But it's like you're putting um, that you're putting that one stain on every single Russian. That's kind of unfair. Well, yeah, and then and then you have to put an asterisk on any team that wins. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, sure, if 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 America wins, you have to say yeah, but Russia wasn't there. If Canada wins, you have to say yeah, but Russia wasn't there. Like yeah. these are, that's yeah, it's not that's not good. That's not a good look for the game. I don't I don't like that. But I mean, you got Ovi, Malkin, Panarin, Kucherov, Nachushkin, Svechnikov, Kaprizov, Kuzmenko, like just man, they're just pure so firepower. Good. Just pure firepower at the top. Um, and people, too, right? yeah. Yeah, who do, who do you got on defense? I have Orlov, Provorov, Kulikov, Zadorov, Gavrikov. <laughs> so many Kovs. <laughs> a lot of Z- a lot of Zovs and Rovs. Zovs, <laughs> for sure. A lot of Zovs and Rovs on defense there. Yeah, the again defense. Their defense is fine. I, I took a couple shots on defenders there with Gavrikov and Zub, but mm-hmm. um, they're 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 good. They would do fine on the on the team Russia and then goalies. Like, the goalies missing the World Cup because Russia's not there is insanity. Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, Sorokin, Grigoriev. Like, how are these guys not going to the World Cup? How are we going to say that we're the World Cup champions without playing against a team like that? It's it's unreal to me. It's a Mickey, it's a, that's what I'm saying. It's a Mickey Mouse tournament. If you're going to do a tournament, make sure it's a proper tournament that where everybody earns their right to play in, right? Yeah, yeah. It's It's hockey. Yeah. It's hockey. Let these guys play. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Like, it's, um, you know, the politics has to stay out. You know, I, I know what people are going to say. Oh, well, if, if USA was there, Canada will still win the cup. Yeah, that's, yeah, they may win it. And most likely they have won it in the past. And most likely they would win it. But it's still a hypothetical if you don't have them there. Uh, I've, I, I've seen Team Canada lose to these teams. Yeah. Uh, it's not just a given, you know. It's not just a gimme. It's not a gimme tournament. No, it's not. So it's kind of disappointing. Uh, I'll be interested. Yeah, I'll be interested to see who they tack in there, as like uh, as th- like additional teams. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, what the Czech Republic? Listen, pasta's missing in a World Cup. You got no right. pasta. Yeah, you know? I mean that was always the conversation with Slovenia too, with Anze missing, right? Kovar yeah. missing. Yeah, uh, Chara. But Czech Republic has history in this sport. You know, they do have yeah. quite a bit of good players. You're yeah, not gonna bring Jeremy. them here. And then on top, then maybe Switzerland. I could maybe see Switzerland. Uh, you have Germany, who has, you know, Dreisaitl in there. Stutzel, yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if they have enough NHL hockey players to make up a team. Yeah, full roster. Full roster, right? That may be the problem. And that's why they yeah, got to bring some other clubs. Yeah, that's other. why they shouldn't be doing a, a global series in a place like Sweden. They should be doing a global series in a place like Germany. Yeah. I don't know why they're doing anything in Sweden for to grow the game, like, but that's just back to what we were talking about earlier. I don't understand why they would do that. It's like a weird marketing plan. And if you, if you're gonna do a global thing, you know what would be cool if you had the Oilers. So if they're gonna do a, if they're gonna have it in Sweden, have it in Germany at the same time. Bring those four teams, make them play 
in both those countries, right? Back and forth, you know, mm. Tercido's yeah. playing against Nylander in, in Germany and then vice versa over there. It, it, it builds, it builds up the suspense too for all the fans that are there. You're kind yeah, of rooting for your man. Series. Yeah. Get some Summit Series going here. Yeah. Even if they're playing against an NHL team, get something going on. I agree. Listen, I want a Champions League so bad, man. If there was a, cha- a club champion team, man, I, that would be amazing. You know, you're going across, you know, you're going across the waters, man, to go watch your team play maybe in Denmark or something. That would be so yeah, awesome. Very, it's it's very Spangler Cup. Yeah. It's very Spangler Cup. Just hockey's not a big enough game. It's too expensive. It's tough, right? It's true. No, I, I agree with that. But, you know, that is one aspect of the game that, you know, kind of kind of hurts us. But I think there's there's still workarounds on that. You know, you could definitely have some kind of... If you're going to be spending money on marketing, you could definitely put money, you know, down the road on... on oh, 100%. On, on equipment and, and... 100%. You know, funneling 100%. money there. You could, you, could, you could build it. It's not like the team's missing over here or the money's missing over here. Listen, all the money that's yeah, going to Arizona, I would be dumping it. it over there. You know, I would be dumping exactly. it into into kids who exactly. actually want to play. You know, let's send some tax. Let's send some tax and some uh, Sherwoods over there, and let's get these kids started. Yeah, exactly. So, wooden Sherwood Sherwood sticks. Holy smokes, those <laughs> yeah. things are so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Al McKinnis slap shots just oh, started man. in twenty twenty three. Let's bring them back. Yeah, I remember you still hit hundred miles per hour. That's a big thing with a wooden stick. We're like, oh my god, he hit hundred miles per hour. Mm-hmm. This is insane. Yeah, like a one-on-one in a hardest slap shot competition. Yeah. Yeah, and now Ronick is hitting one 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 hundred seven point nine in the yeah, normal game. Yeah, sticks. <laughs> I said someone's going to take one of those to the chest, and they're just going to drop on the ice. I mean, it's already happening right now. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you, you kind of slash that stick a little bit; it breaks in half, and then the referee looks at it. and He's like, "All right, that's a penalty." I'm like, well, did you see how right. flexible those sticks are? Yeah, they're composite. They're completely hollow. It's yeah. just. You smack it, it's gonna break. Remember, oh. there used to be that illegal. There used to have that illegal blade before. I, I swear, I was I, Brad Hall used to use it, and and Yager used to use it. They used to have this illegal blade that they couldn't use. And then if the if the referee knew that they're using an illegal one, they'll run to the bench try to swap their stick before they get a penalty. Was it like what was it like too curved? Yeah, it was a curve. Yeah, I used to. I remember seeing like. Uh like highlights where the guys were measuring the the curvature of the blade. Yeah. Yeah, to see if it was bending too far. Yeah. Insane. And now Times you could do whatever changed. you want. It makes no <laughs> sense, right? Little tips. Guys have little tips on the end of their yeah. sticks now. The whole yeah, time. it's, it's, it's like a 90 degree. I think uh, Ryan O'Reilly has it. It's a 92 degree mm-hmm. curve right in the front. It's just flat. Yeah, and then it has really that curve. fancy sticks out there. Yeah. yeah. But that's weird, huh? How, how that's all allowed now? The sticks, you could do whatever you want with that, but apparently you're going to mold the game into something else. It's nuts. Makes no sense. Let them play. Let It's like with baseball. It's the baseball thing. It's like, let them all take steroids, man. The game yeah. would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, bring the steroids back. It. Let it go crazy. I, I'd watch. Yeah. You've been watching this hockey in the past, what, eight weeks that's been happening this season. Do you have something that you're like, kind of pissed off uh you know you are rant about or some hot take that you have hot takes hockey the last few weeks um i don't have any crazy hot hot takes i mean we've sort of touched on all the things that i'm kind of upset about with the nhl which is just you know they're not doing a good job building the game like the the big thing for me was like the global series being in sweden like i have no idea why it's just counterintuitive to me to have a global a global game in sweden 
if they're going to do a Sweden thing, let this let them go play in Sweden every year. That's just a good thing for Sweden. Yeah. But to build it around the premise of building the game, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, all these fantastic Hall of Fame players are coming out of Sweden. You yeah. know, like uh, you just go down the list, and we've already touched a point on a couple things here. It's like, how many players do you know from Sweden? It's like Sundin, Naslin, the Sedin sisters, Nick yeah. Lindstrom, Peter Forsberg, all the Forsbergs, Carlson, Lundqvist, Dahlin. Like just names, 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 right? And you go to Germany and you go, you got you got Dreisaitl, you got Stutzel, you got Cedar, you got Marcel Gotch. You know, you got names, but just a shorter list. And then you go, how many players do you know from Italy? There's none. There's zero players. But they're sending they're sending the league to to Sweden to set up a global ambassador sort of series to build the game. And the game's already massive there. And they have their own league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what they're doing. So it's just get the game into places where the game isn't already prevalent and, and let other people get exposed to it so that other people will get interested in play the game. Like that's the, that's the only way you're going to grow the game. But uh, as far as hot takes, I don't think that's a hot take. I think everyone feels the same way. They're just, but we don't have the money. We don't have the cash flow. We're not bankrolling the NHL. So we're, we got, we have to watch from the, from the sides to see, to see what they're doing. You know, it's kind of, it's just very strange. It's so easy to turn the ship around marketing wise. Like if you go sit with all these, chairman of the league you could easily make a business plan and be like this is how i'm going to double your money in a year or two mm -hmm. it's yeah. a very weird strategy that they're bringing to it i don't i don't see it but i'm not a marketing expert but i don't see it i don't think you need to be one to 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 see this like there is so much money out there you can make but they're not willing to i don't think they're willing to take the gamble man it's more of like they're just playing it safe something that they understand and they're like all right we'll just kind of we're just going to go with this and we'll move slow. It feels slow. too safe. Yeah. It Way too safe. too safe. Way too safe. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I, I agree. agree. But no, not nothing no, nothing really to rant upon here. It's just, you know, the NHL is the NHL. Uh, you know, I'll drop the it is what it is. It is what it is. But I, I think the game's in a, the, the skill set of the game, the way the game's being played right now is at a really high level. There's a lot of parity in the league. That's why you can't predict what's going on anymore. It's It's, it's good. I like seeing the game blast off in the States. I like seeing all these American kids come up through the, through the systems and, and kind of just have crazy good careers. But I want to see, I want to see it kind of flow. Cha I mean, you said it champions league. Let's see a champions league. It'd be incredible. Yeah. You know, there used to be a time when we had 30 teams and we didn't even have enough superstars to cover all 30 teams. Mm -hmm. But now there are teams that have two, three, you know, of yeah, them. every team has some good players yeah. for sure. I think maybe a, yep. apart from maybe the Kraken, I think Kraken don't really have a superstar superstar yet. But apart from them, I think practically every team does. Maybe the Flames as well. No love for Jordan Eberle. I mean, I mean <laughs> even Eberle in his prime, right? Like he's a he was a really good player, no, sixty point guy. But I don't think he's a superstar. No, I, I agree. You're, you're, I think you're right. Yeah. But the game is there, man. It's right. there's just too many good players coming out. You know, all the all the all the kids are hitting their primes. They're like twenty two, twenty three years old. You know. Yeah, and the, the game's, game's getting fast. younger. Yeah. Yeah, the game's getting younger and quicker. Yeah, it's just that I I just feel like a lot of the, a lot of these young skilled players they just don't have, I don't think they have the awareness, like with like some of these vets, they just don't see the game the same way. Like you know, defense first mentality. Mm hmm. Yeah, championships, uh, defense wins championships kind of yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, we've seen plenty of teams in the past win Stanley Cups without great defenses or great goalies and stuff. We've seen it. 
Yeah, but then you need discipline and good coaching to tame those players. Yeah. And, like, you know, there are just too many teams. That's why I kind of respect the Islanders, you know, that they have the skill. They're scoring goals this year. Surprisingly, they're actually mm-hmm. scoring goals. Uh, but they play very disciplined hockey. And that's what you need in a cup, yeah. cup run, right? Yep, and they have the goalie to do it too. So I'm not super high on the Islanders. I'm not picking them to win the Stanley Cup. No, 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 you're no. right. They're, they're bringing that strategy, that style for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's like not a, exciting, but that's not that's like the opposite of the exciting hockey, right? Like, I agree. So it's a bit it's a bit counter it's a bit counterintuitive to what I was saying, which was like let's uh, let's let them all take steroids so they can jack things up and get juiced and just do kind of crazy things, and then. And then when you put like a real strict system in place, the game gets really slow and really boring. <laughs> so it's like, you know, which, wh- how do you want to have it? Do you want to have it exciting and kind of wild or do you want to have it all structured and really, um, you know, X's and O's or check versus, uh, you know, checkers versus chess? Like what, what kind of game do you want to see out there? And, you know, to me, it's I want to see like the crazy Fast and Furious game. That's why I like watching the Devils. That's yeah. why I've liked watching the Leafs the last couple of years since they uh, picked up all those studs and all those kids have been just popping off. But um, yeah, that's why I don't watch any Islanders games. I don't know if that's the right way to build the game. No, Islanders may not, may, may not be able to build a game, may, may not be even successful with the style that they have. But in mm-hmm. the playoffs, teams like the Devils, teams like the Leafs, you play like this, you're going to get burnt. The Oilers learned it the hard way as well. You could keep yep. trying it, keep going back to the well, trying it over and over again, but you're not going to succeed. There's teams like LA, Vegas, you know, the big boys, they're going to shut you down. When the, when the yeah, game gets real physical, mm-hmm. like the Panthers, what they did last year, no, then... I was going to say, the, you, Florida, the Florida Panthers did it last year, too. Yeah, they were chipping it in, and then the defenseman's looking around, he's like, oh, shit, here this guy comes 100 kilometers per hour, he's going to run me down. And then they're mm-hmm. like, their hands are shaking, they don't know what to do. Right, making mistakes. Yeah. So then you tell me yeah. when Klingberg's in the back, when he's defensively, he has the puck. <laughs> he's grabbing the puck. He's turning around. He sees Matthew Kachuk coming for him. You, you, he's already going to cough up the puck. Imagine, you know, that kind of that kind of speed and that size coming at you. He's definitely going to just shoot in his own net. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. Uh, you got to find the sweet spot. You got to find the the excitement. You got to find the the safety, and then I guess that's what's going to win you championships. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let's uh let's turn this thing around. Let's talk about fantasy wise. This is week eight. Yeah. I'm playing you this week and I haven't yeah, even tough week. Yeah. I made some bad I've made some bad decisions this week. I should have wrapped this up a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I think I've made as many bad decisions and you should have run away with this for yeah, sure. Yeah. So right now um, you, you I, I kinda got bit. I got bit really early in the week. I had a... Uh... Swayman was starting on Monday, and I just had Ulmark in as like a well. I mean, he's not starting, so don't don't really think too much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, if if something kind of catastrophic goes on, you know, maybe Ulmark will pick up four or five saves, maybe ten saves, and he'll pick up a point. But um, they pulled Swayman super early in that game. Ulmark went in, and then they scored like a ridiculous goal with like a minute and a half left to take the uh, game winning goal onto Ulmark instead of Swayman, and then he took the goalie loss. Yeah. So that was kind of a, an unfortunate thing to happen on Monday. Um, the rest of the week was just quiet. You know, teams weren't really on fire like I was hoping them to be, you know. So really quiet nights. I kind of expect if my Jersey guys are playing that they're going to be putting off points. And if they don't, then my team's kind of slow, right? Yeah. Um, I had Timo out at the start of the week, uh, which was tough. He didn't come back until Friday. And I wasn't expecting a lot from him on Friday anyways. Mm-hmm. And then I've just had Tage Thompson out. Buffalo had a really uh, busy week and Tage Thompson's just out, right? So that's another guy just missing from my roster. 
I think I picked up a goalie early too. Yeah, Jonas Johansson from Tampa Bay, and he took a a three one loss to Arizona. Um, that was just tough, right? Just yeah. the goalie losses. They they bite you. They burn you. Yeah. But sometimes I'm just willing to take that risk. Uh, sometimes I'm just willing to take the risk and just take the goalie play and just see what happens because goalies can swing just like the Zach Hyman, Connor McDavid combo, mm-hmm. the Wombo combo goalies sometimes have the same way to the same weight and they can just swing a game. Like you got a shutout this week, right? Uh, yeah, I got with Ottinger. That was my first one. Yeah. And that'll swing a week like uh, in your favor, big time. The, the rest of the week, I'm just playing catch up. Even today, I'm like still just playing catch up. But what's nuts about your team right now is Minnesota Wild scored 10 goals in the last two games, and mm-hmm. Erickson Eck had zero points. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. That's very sad. Like your, your top guy was with Jack Hughes. He had you three goals and four assists this week, Yeah, which is yeah, pretty good. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. It's and, going back to form. Yeah, and then you had Tara Vinen, who had a goal and three assists, one shorthanded. And after that, it just kind of drops off. Uh, you have. I think I had Teravainen on my bench for that. Yeah. No, did you? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah Jesper Bratt sure. didn't do anything this week. He only had one assist for you. Jesper Bratt's been kind of quiet the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, he's doing the ups and downs right now. He had a crazy fiery start. I think he was ranked second in the league mm-hmm. for the first like four weeks, and yeah, now he's kind of coming back to reality. Yeah. Um, still really high on Jesper Bratt, but yeah, he's not going to be putting up two point nine all year of course he's gonna hot hot and cold streaks no and i i've just been under average i'm i'm a big averages guy Mm -hmm. so i'm always like if i hit my averages i'll be fine and if i'm not hitting my averages then it it is what it is right like uh the week against uh dylan it's like okay well if my team's just gonna play that much under average then i had no chance to win at all anyways and if someone else's team goes way above average then uh, it is what it is that's the that's the luck of the draws that's fantasy sports right I think I've done like three weeks now under average. So it sort of becomes my average is going to tank and the team's just tanking. So what do I need to do? Do I need to hit the red button? Do I need to start dishing some names? But no, I'm, I'm going to probably sit tight for a while. I always have the strategy like sit until Christmas. And then after Christmas, if you're not feeling too good about your team, then start pulling the trigger on shit. Yeah, that's a that's a good move. Usually uh, for me, it's New Year's. New Year's is like the, the time when you look around. This is when yeah. the averages make sense. The players that you have, you'll be able to tell exactly if they're going to continue doing what right. they're doing, or they're going to drop, or they're going to go there, you know, like you, you, you have a better indication of what's happening. Right. It's, I also find it's like very difficult at the beginning of the season when teams aren't playing um, as many games as other teams. So like a good example is like Dave's team where Ottawa is not playing as many games as other people. So yeah. it's impossible to make a trade with someone for any of those Ottawa players, not just Dave. Because their averages are so inflated because they haven't played as many games. Mm-hmm. So they think their guys are going to be 1.8, 1.9 guys because they've played 12 games on the season. And they had some really big games. And then you, you just can't make proper moves and you can't assess people properly at the beginning of the year. That's why I try to like hold off on making moves. The only moves I make at the beginning of the year before Christmas, let's say, or before New Year's, are moves where I'm like, yeah, I was really high on this guy. You're really high on this guy instead. Let's just flip those two guys. Like I did that with your brother with the Zaka and Shifley trade. I'm just like, I was really high on Zaka. I was ready to just make that trade. It was an easy trade for me to make, even though you can see Shifley is just having a way better start. to. The he game. traded him off too. And yeah, that was a mistake. I told him yeah. that was a mistake. Should not trade with Shifley. Yeah, away. yeah, for sure. But that's just like the only trade I'm going to like make this time of year. Is but that's just, fine. That's not I'm really high on Zaka, Mark Shifley. Let's just, let's just see it all. 
that's my coin flip. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll make a coin flip on that one. Zaka could have like went absolutely bananas with the on the top line there in Boston, and he's been he's been okay. He just hasn't been he hasn't been as good as Mark Shifley. So it's like very close still. But those are the kind of trades I'm looking for at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other matchup. So right now, well, I'm I'm beating you by five right now. You you have six games remaining. I have four. Yeah, so, it's tight. And you have Luca Pekinen playing in that, so I think that's. Uh, I gotta roll six K out there, baby. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah. If you if you're behind on Sunday night, you have to start your goalie. Yeah, well, you know, like Dave. Dave sometimes can't even sleep at night when it's so close like this, and then you know, auto stack stack correction is gonna happen the next day, and he's just like, "Oh my god, am I gonna win or lose?" <laughs> Listen, man, I won by stack correction. It was the craziest roller coaster I was ever on. <laughs> <laughs> I won by stack correction. I went to bed a loser and I woke up a winner. It was like the craziest roller coaster. Best sleep ever, huh? <laughs> You're like, wow. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but no, a, a lot of the matchups are really close this week. A lot of them. Yeah, you got Babgod versus Selkirk, which is Dylan versus Mario. And Mario's up by 15 yeah. points and now Dylan is down by 1.5. That's insane. Yeah. That's he... insane. I mean, those are the two luckiest teams in the league, I think, right now. Babgod and Selkirk. You could see they just don't have a lot of points getting scored against them. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're not. I mean, Dylan's team just looks really good this year. He had a really good draft. There's no denying it. But no one is scoring points against that guy. Like, no one is putting up points against that Dylan, that Selkirk team. So, again, it's too early to judge, but I, I think Dylan has a great team. Babgod, just such, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it this year. He had a really like Mario always has a really tight draft. And then this year was kind of like a wonky draft, but that guy's team doesn't sleep. Bro, he has a horseshoe, man. Just stuck up his butt. The guy's team will beat any team like out of nowhere. We're talking about coaching earlier. Babgod team, best coach. Yeah. That's the best coached team. I I agree with that. So, so if you, if you had to hypothetically put a coach, uh, a name to his team, what coach would you think that is coaching him? That's, That's Bruce, baby. Bruce Boudreaux? That's Bruce Boudreaux, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he is regular season-wise. Bruce Boudreaux is one of the best coaches. Playoffs, different story, uh, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe we're not talking a playoff pedigree, but yeah, for sure. This guy just has like the... Or, or maybe it's Jason Spezza. Uh, uh, Jason Spezza, the future coach, Jason Spezza, coming in the locker room, hyping up the squad, giving <laughs> the speech. Maybe that's who's coaching Babgod's team right now. That's that's Mario's coach, is Jason Spezza. Yeah, Mario's, you know how Mario would walk into that room just throw the C word around, motivate his that's boys. It. <laughs> that's it. He's he's dropping bags all behind him as he's walking out of the out of the locker room, letting him know he's getting the media out of there. He's like, let's go. <laughs> I, I, we are, we're having a good game this week. That's it. Hey, maybe- so, I mean, that's, that's a close matchup. I can't believe Dylan's coming back, but his team's stacked. He's got a really good team. He's putting up a lot of points this, this year. Yeah. And then you got uh, Kaladin Marathoners versus Blowfish, which is Roy versus Fabian. And uh, Roy yeah. right now is up by 13 points. Okay. That's um, how many games? Are they playing games tonight? Are yeah. They, they so so Roy tonight? has seven games remaining. Fabian has six. Well, right. I mean, Roy has 66 points I, and Fabian yeah, has 53. This is, yeah, this week's over for Fabian, I think, unfortunately. Um, I think Trocek, I mean, Trocek buried him yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like Fabian's going to have like that stack too, right? He's another guy who went with the stack. And if your stack doesn't pop off, then you're kind of in trouble. But I mean, Roy just has one of the best teams in the league. If he could just get away from his coin flip strategy and just flipping the coin every time and, and maybe 
maybe slowing it down a little bit and like actually thinking if he should start his goalie or not start his goalie and making that decision, then he might, I, I think that's one of the best teams in the league. Uh, he he needs, he doesn't, he, he keeps believing that, that goalies are coin flips, but I mean, the stats, that's not what the stats show. Every, every player is a coin flip. Yeah. Like if you look every at a player. slot, if you, if you, if you have a, a winger that you put in right. and he only gets you 0.5 and the winger that's sitting on your bench got you mm-hmm. three, that's a minus right. 2.5 on you. Cause it, you don't look yeah, at the right. player. You look at the slot where you put him in. For sure. Like if you put some guy in and he pulls like a uh, 15 penalty minutes and the other guy puts up a hat trick and there's, there was no rhyme or reason for you to make that decision to put the hat trick on the bench and the 15 penalty minutes on your, on your, in your roster, then that's, that's what's going to happen. You're going to lose, right? That's, yeah. that's a coin flip. Every position is a coin flip. Exactly. So if, if you yeah, think, 100%. if you think about that mentality, then right now, uh, the way that, that he's playing, he has eight wins and 11 losses based on his coin mm-hmm. flip. So his coin flip has not been working. That, that strategy has not been working. If you look at any other yeah. team, they're, they're yeah. above 500 and this guy isn't. Him and, and him and Dave, and the surprisingly truth is they both have one of the worst goalies. I mean, he has Chris Jari, yeah. but he has no backup, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, maybe taking the zero-G strategy too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, too seriously. I mean, but, we, don't, we don't need to okay. teach him this. I mean, they could continue this, but this is what's yeah, going to okay be his downfall. It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, we're fine with that. Uh, I'm good with it, but like I said, I think... Um, I mean, Fabian's team's really good. I think his team's going to come around too. And I think Roy has one of the best teams in the league. So that was a, I think Fabian did just Roy just have way more gameplays. This week? Yeah, he did. But it's not even just the gameplays. His, his, his effective yeah. gameplays, his guys showed up this week. Yeah. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? So tough loss for Fabian. But I mean, I expect that team to come back and, and win some matchups this, this year. He's got Connor McDavid. He's got Shesterkin. He's got the, the Zach Hyman McDavid combo. He's got Ovi. Ovi's been quiet. Always going to be fed biscuits all year, so uh, he'll he'll be having he'll be having a good year too. So I think Blowfish will be fine. Yeah. Tough tough loss for him this week. Yeah, yeah. and then you got Ricky uh, Brampton Bulls versus Donnie Darko, mm-hmm. which is Michael. Uh, he kind of messed up during the middle of the week where he did not play Swayman and he didn't play Pasta, which was a shutout. And Pasta had a multi point game. I think he had three fantasy points. That was a ten. Right. That was a 10, 10 point swing right there. So. Right now, Donnie has 59 and Ricky has 47. Yeah, so it should look closer. It should look closer if the, the right rosters were set. But uh, Ricky benched Pasta and he benched Marchand on the same night. So I think Marchand had a lot of penalty minutes that night. He, he had minus 1.75. So even if he played all three of those guys, mm-hmm. he still would have been He's up. a net gain. Yeah. yeah. Still a net gain. Yeah. And, yeah. and right now, he has 10 games left and Donnie has seven. But he has Pasta, Marchant, Swayman. They're all playing today, and they're playing against Columbus. So you may see a lot of goals. Yeah, you might see a big, crazy swing. But I think I think it's tough. I think Donnie's got this one. Donnie Darko's got this one wrapped up. Yeah, but um, you know, again, an- another really good team. Michael has a really great team. Another guy who just brings a lot of uh, statistical power to his draft. I mean, he had a great draft, executed really well. You can't really hate on a good draft, man. If someone if someone brings a if someone brings a lot of research to a draft and just drafts really well top to bottom, then, you know, you're going to see those guys in the top four, top five in the league every year. That's just simple as that. Yeah, I know you so, two are very analytical when it comes to drafting. So, Yeah, we, we see things a bit differently, but we're, we're bringing the same sort of strategy, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
So that's a, that's a tough matchup. I'm glad Ricky's taking some L's, though. We need Ricky to take some L's. He's, he's proved he's a real deal, but we, we need that guy to take some L's for sure. I don't know. For me, I need him to continue winning so that us teams on the bottom, <laughs> you know, us peasant teams have a, a chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. You need those you need those uh, middle pack guys losing to him yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's kind of what you need. Yeah, right now you got Horn Dogs versus Rexdo, which is uh, Horn Dogs losing by one point two. Very close. Ooh. Yeah, it's very close. Uh, he has Georgiev and Net today. Going into the day, right? He was winning before today. I thought. Yeah, well, uh, Faber got him two point uh, two point five. He got him a, a um, power play uh, assist and assist. assist and assist. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now you got uh, you got the Sharks with. Um, he has Dano, that's left to play. He has Rantanen. Mm-hmm. He has JVR, Truba, uh, Drew Doughty. Okay. And with the Horn Dogs, he has Casey Middlestat, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Johansson. Uh, Kaprizov played. He looks like he, he put up an assist today. Yeah, he dropped. He dropped just one assist. Kaprizov's kind of been, I don't know. He hasn't been raising his level of his game. He has Dubois. He has Eklund. He has Granlund. A lot of Lunds. He has Bull Byram left. <laughs> and he has, he has yeah. Georgia yeah. against LA, which is a risky game. Yeah, that's a tough game, especially on a back-to-back for Colorado. Yeah. Right. This, this is going to go down to the wire. Tough loss. Yeah, this is another really tight one. I think ours is going to go down to the wire. There's a couple that are going down to the wire this, this week. They don't usually go down to Sundays, but there's definitely a few this week going down to Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Us. Yeah, Rexdale and... Yeah, the next one. Even, too, uh, next uh, yeah, Mario and Dylan. That's really close, too. Oh, yeah, it wasn't right, but it's looking a lot closer now. Yeah, and yeah, then you sure. have uh, the Lannisters, Manny, Toronto Lannisters versus Eastbrook Mafia, which is my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're off by 1.7. Yeah, Manny's not ready to take the cell right now. But Manny only has three game plays left, Panarin, Lafreniere, and he has Talbot in net. And my brother okay. has Quint Byfield. Nyquist, he has Zetterland, he has uh, Eva Angelista, mm-hmm. he has Taves, uh, he has McDonough, he has Prolov, and he has okay. Jonathan Quick in net against San Jose. Okay, so your your brother has his very mid roster in, yeah, against Manny. That's that's the problem with it, right? So your your brother is like horseshoe two this year because I <laughs> think he easily has the worst. I think he easily has the worst team in the league, but the guy can't stop winning. He can't stop winning. I already sunned him once, but he came out of nowhere, and I think that upset his team. And he's just he's just taking a he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's taking it to everybody now. It's it's crazy. I don't, he's running with a he's over five hundred right now, right? Yeah, he's over five hundred. Yeah, and he and he's looking like he's going to take this one too, right? He's been talking so much shit from overseas. First la- last week he was talking to Michael, just kept talking and talking and Michael yeah. just quiet, nothing to say. And then this week he's just talking <laughs> and talking and Manny nothing. Nothing is coming out. No, there is no rivalry right now. Looks like just one guy's talking and the other guy's just listening and saying, "Oh, don't worry, I'll see you next time." <laughs> yeah, there's 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 one problem, right? And it's when you're playing the worst team in the league and it's also the best shit talker in the league, you're going to hear about it all year. Yeah, you're gonna hear about it all year. So Manny knows what's coming. Manny knows what's coming. He's just preparing. He's gonna hear it all year. That's it. So good for good for Gurky pulling out another one. I mean, he keep it rolling. It is what it is, right? Keep it rolling. If you're gonna win, if you're gonna win weeks, you're gonna get into the playoffs, and anything can happen. So, but Manny seems really good. I mean, his team's been really good all year. Yeah. Uh, again, sometimes statistically, you're just gonna not 
perform up to your averages even and when you don't perform to your averages uh, you're gonna lose you're gonna lose yeah no it's a very interesting week it's uh it's a do or die for a lot of teams including me I, i need to win yeah, well, how are you feeling? You're one and six. Like, if you get two, if you're going two and six after this week, because I think you're, you might wrap this one up. This might be yours. I hope. Are so. you yeah. still gonna go? Are you still on the phones? Are you still on the phones trying to find what can, what you can put together? I'm always on the phone. You know how it is. I'm always on the I phone. Know. I'm always looking to improve my team. But right no now, ways. my team is improving. I just made some bonehead moves this week. I just need to just learn from that and just trust Who'd in my boys. Who did you pick I, up? I picked up. I picked up Schmid. For goaltending, I had Blake Wheeler yeah. playing today and I had um, Schneider. I dropped both of them to activate Villardi and pick up Schmid. It was not a Got good you. idea. And then I benched uh, Ottinger against Tampa yesterday. I should just that trust was, my yeah, number one goalie. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, you, you, got, you have to. You have to run that guy out there. Yeah, I just I, my offense did well yesterday and I just kind of trust them to go for it because mm-hmm. it's so close between you and me, right? Especially when, what Schmid did to me. He kind of destroyed me. So I just need to focus on on the guys I have, my core, and just continue pushing them. I've been playing my yeah. goalies more than anybody. It's just I just need to continue doing that. Yeah, I trust it. Just trust it. I think you made a good move getting rid of the New Jersey guys we talked about at the start of the conversation. But yeah, keep rolling with it. Again, I thought you had a pretty good draft too. It's just your team's underperforming. You've made some great trades. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see what happens. Team. By Christmas, right? Hopefully, that's my Christmas present is to reach closer to five hundred. That's, I mean, how many how many wins do you need to make it to the playoffs? What was it last year? Ten wins, nine uh, wins. Last last year, I believe it was eleven wins. Eleven wins. But this okay. this year, I think you don't need as many. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot more parity in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I I believe that you could get in with nine. Nine, nine. Yeah, I'm glad I started so strong, and I'm 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 getting a little hot. I'm getting a little hot, but we're gonna we're gonna trust the process. You need Tage Thompson back. That's a that's a big I mean, boy, I'm, man. I haven't heard anything back. I don't know if he's coming back until the new year. I think it's New Year's. I think it's right after Christmas he should be coming back. Yeah. He hasn't been practicing yeah. yet. I got pretty lucky with the Hughes injury. He was only out for about five games. Timo injury was, I think, maybe three or four games. Yeah. Um, so I got pretty lucky there. But it hurt. But I still got pretty lucky. But, yeah, Tage being out. I mean, you can't be missing your top your top pick and then your second pick. It's just you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose weeks. So you got to just hold on, sit tight, and just take it for a ride and, and hope it works out in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So for week nine, do you have any type of strategies, any 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 teams that you're focusing on, maybe picking up players or anything like that? Um, yeah, I have a few guys I have my eyes on. So I know Monday, Wednesday, Friday are your off nights next week, and there's a couple teams that have pretty good rosters, mm-hmm. um, pretty good schedules for it. I know Pittsburgh and St. Louis have games on all the off nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So um, there's a... Uh, again, our, our waiver wire, because the league is so deep, is, is really tough to find any value on the waiver wire, especially when you're looking at teams specifically based on their schedules. Yeah. But a couple of guys I'm looking at to stream next week is probably Brendan Saad. That's someone who I'm looking at streaming. He's got a point per game in his last six games. He's mm-hmm. available. Nick Letty's a guy who's available on defense who I'm looking to pick up potentially. And uh, Kevin Hayes is another guy who might be available, who kind of works into those those really good schedules. A couple other guys I was looking at were uh, Sam Bennett. Uh, if you're really willing to take a risk on all the penalty minutes, that's a good guy to sort of look at. Rista Linenen is another guy mm-hmm. who just came back from injury, who I was thinking of taking a taking a stream on. And there's a couple goal. There's a lot of goalies on the wire this year, so you really have your pick at goalies if you want to take a run with someone. Like 
Markstrom in Calgary is on the wire. That's someone who you can maybe trust. Alex Lyon just took over James Reimer. Yeah. So maybe that's someone you can take a stream on with a goalie. Like some of these teams we're talking about not having goalies. They should be definitely picking these guys up. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, like Dave and, and uh, Roy. They should definitely yeah, be looking like, at one of those goalies. I think so, for sure. Like, what, are you, what are you thinking for pickups this week? Pretty much the same guys? Or? So I would focus on Vegas, St. Louis, Pittsburgh. Three teams. Right. Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. Uh, I already took Jake Neighbors. I saw that. He's He's been all the talk. Yeah. Kids, first line, right. first power play. He's Is he the real deal? I don't know. To be honest, I have I don't I don't know too much right now, but he's been on an absolute hot streak right now. I would I would just yeah. ride this hot streak and see where it takes you. Kairu's not on the first do. line, he's on the first power play. So mm-hmm. why not take a chance and this kid's been putting he had last game he didn't do nothing, but the game before he had two goals and he's been putting up a lot of goals. I haven't watched him much, but I will be focusing on him this week. I want to see how what he does. I picked him up okay. on Thursday. Uh that was one move I just had to make. Actually, Michael is the one who kind of nudged me that way. He's like, hey, have you seen this kid? And I looked at him. I was like, whoa, this kid's on fire. I'm like, I have to take him right now. So I took him. He's been really hot. Like all the the fantasy stuff I'm reading is all about Jake Neighbors. Yeah. So that's that's definitely a good pickup for next week. Nice. And the other one would be Barbashev was another guy I was focusing on. He hasn't been on the first power play. He was been hopping around the first, second line. But right okay. now, I believe somebody took him in our league. It just happened. I was going to say, I didn't see Barbashev because uh, I'm usually eyeing a guy like that up. I like Barbashev a lot. Yeah. I think he's a multi, too. He's usually. a multi as well. Yeah. yeah. Apart from those two players, there hasn't been any other person that's really been catching my eye. I don't know with Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, other than their top there's six, no I don't one know. Available. there's nobody available. Yeah, there's no one available. That's really what it comes down to in these deep leagues. If there's no one available, then you're really just taking a swing and sometimes you might miss. Yeah, I'd rather take a more effective gameplay. I'd rather get one gameplay out of somebody who who I know guaranteed, you know, will either get me a point or he'll give me a lot of peripherals than to get yeah. three games of somebody who's going to get me like point two, get me two hits all game. That's it. That's all he's going to do. Yep. You know. Yep. Sometimes it's worth it just squeezing in those extra gameplays, right? Yeah. Like uh, you, you just got to do it. I know Michael's really good at jacking up like three, four gameplays in a week. He's just really good at looking at the schedule and picking right guys. I'm really like a. I'll pick a guy up for tonight and then not care about him for the rest of the week kind of deal. I'm 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 the same thing. Just mm-hmm. picking up like a random gameplay here and there. I'm not looking for guys to pull me value every night. Yeah, because I've, I've been losing every week, so I had to keep going for gameplays, but I just realized I had to stop doing that because every single time I would be chasing that, I wouldn't get enough points, and the, all the quality players that were sitting there were taken, like Byfield and Trevor Moore. Yep. Those guys were taken by other people because they were winning, and they realized that these players are actually keepers, so they took them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Barbashev did get picked up. Stolers got dropped. Valley mm-hmm. Huso. Yeah, okay. Some good guys out there. Goalies are just out of this world this year. No one can trust their goalie. But it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, there's a few guys to eye up this week. But again, deeply, the waiver wire is going to be really contextually based on what your roster looks like and how these guys are going to fit into your roster. You might just have busy nights. You might just have a roster that works on these on these off nights. So it's, it's tough to pick up... Uh, pick yeah. up guys when that's what you're dealing with you just got to stream a guy one night randomly and that's it is what it is like i finally dropped tyler bertuzzi i'm done with tyler bertuzzi bro you waited so long i told you drop this guy he wasn't giving you i much. mean no he wasn't giving me anything but you gotta just sometimes you just gotta you know try and s- squeeze the last little ounce of juice out of it just to see mm-hmm. and this was the this was the final week i'm done with that kid i mean that was i think that was vanacek for me 
Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to be done with it and move on. Yeah. I have a couple. I always have like three or four guys who I'm willing to drop who I'm just trying to see how people value in the league to see if I can make a trade that's maybe linear. Mm-hmm. And he was one of those guys. I was getting a lot of conversations and people talking about Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, even just to make some like linear trade to, you know, just do something really simple. But um, at the end of the day, it just became I'm just going to drop this guy. Let's just figure something out. I could probably find a better guy. Yeah, because most likely the player that they're going to give you, he's not going to fit in any of your lineups. It's so always it's like, worse. You're just helping the other guy. Maybe if it's yeah. his lineup, why why do that? It's just exactly if 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 you're trying to trade like a, a bit of a dud, you know you're going to get a dud back. Mm-hmm. So it's just just drop him. See what you see who you can stream. Yeah, there's one thing I really wanted to talk to you about. I know I know we've been talking for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. As as I said, you are very you look at analytics. You know that's how you construct your team. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't construct my team that way. For me, I look at it a little differently, but, you know, I just want to get your insight and, you know, how do you build your team and, you know, what, yeah, what tips well, you have for people? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, you know, I'm always rocking the spreadsheets. I know a lot of people out there are ingesting all this sort of fantasy hockey rhetoric that's kind of floating around in the universe out there. There's all sorts of people talking fantasy hockey, but I found it doesn't really correlate to our league. So I decided I'm just going to start tracking our league's uh, points, our league's point totals, and start kind of developing a draft strategy that fits into that. And the draft strategy is really simple. It's just you're going to pick a guy at the highest value in any given position because you can use that value to gain more value off other people who don't have the same draft strategy. So um, you saw it last year. I mean, you and I were able to make a really good deal last year. and It's kind of like, that's peak what my strategy is, where I took three centers. My first three picks were three centers. And it's because the that was just the position I was in. I had to pick centers. That was just by far, without a doubt, the right pick in those positions. Mm-hmm. And then you have to trust yourself to make good flips with those players. So, I mean, I picked up Anze Kopitar in the second round last year. I flipped him for Chris Kreider and Zach Hyman. And I think that, was, that, that trade worked out really well for me. I know you flipped Anze for something different later, but that's kind of the strategy I'm trying to bring to it. Of course... A couple things I try to bring to my thought process are, uh, is this guy better than who I have? Is this guy going to crack my lineup every single time? I have a pretty good handle on how many teams and how many players are going to have overlapping games. Mm -hmm. So I'll just have, I'll have all the schedules in a sheet and I'll just see how many games are overlapping for all these players. It went into a lot of conversations this year so far. Where I'm going, yeah, I can make a trade for this goalie, but uh, my number one goalie who I need to start every time is going to overlap 23 times this year. So I'm going to potentially have to pick to not play that goalie. So I can't trade any value for that 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 player. That just doesn't make any sense to me to trade that player. So if you're bringing that kind of long-winded, that sort of long perspective look on how you're making trades in, in a league, then I think you're going to pull... The, the right triggers and you're going to know when to not pull triggers. So again, an, another thing is like the values. Uh, you only have two center spots. You have four wing spots. You have four D spots. There's no utility spot. So you have to understand that those spots are worth their, are, are weighted differently than the other positions. Also what those positions are going to gain you. You know, if you're picking up a winger, and he's not winning any face-offs, then, I mean, he might not be as value as the center winger who's going to be bringing you that offensive value as well as the center value with winning all the face-offs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, And it's like weight. 
there's only 10 defensemen who are going to pull 1.5. There's only 10 of them. So the 1.5 defenseman is worth a 2.0 winger at least, mm-hmm. right? Because there's 40, there's 45 2.0, like, you know, like really highly averaging wingers. There's like 40 of them, 50 of them for you to pick up. Just the way you understand the weight and how what's available, what's unavailable, the values of people. That's really kind of what I'm bringing to it. Uh, I never bring the eye test. I don't ever bring the eye test or the gut into how I'm valuing players. It's just not something I bring in uh, ever. No, but there's but there's a lot of um, in hockey, especially there's a lot of players that you may look at it, uh, analytically, and you could look at their stats maybe from the previous mm-hmm. year. Like you know, a really good example maybe is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? Sure. Everybody dropped like whoever dropped like my brother drafted him in the fifth round or fourth round, wherever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people. I mean, I was looking across like you know YouTube and everything. Everybody had him in the top fifty. You know, you got to draft this guy. Sure. He's a must draft. And he turned into whatever he is, which, to be honest, I wasn't surprised. But for me, it was more of an eye test. I know there's a lot of stats saying that, hey, he's going to continue doing what he's doing because the Oilers are really good. And yeah. the power play is going to is going to be a top five power play. Yep. But sometimes even analytics, like, it's kind of hard to predict that, isn't it? Um. So, I mean, I think that's a, a good example. If you look at last year to this year, Nuge is like one of those guys who spiked and then just really fell off. Mm-hmm. But you have to look, maybe sometimes the sample size needs to be a bit bigger. Because if you look beyond last year, two two seasons ago, Nuge was like a drop in our league. That's true. Right. Yeah. You could you could say he didn't come into his uh he didn't come into his uh his comfort zone where he was like really gelling with the team or whatnot because he was kind of young still. The team was really bad still. There's a lot of factors there. But to see that huge spike and then that huge drop off, I mean Nuge only fell down to where his floor was originally in the first place. That's true. Yeah. So so it's like, you know, I, I didn't really have Nuge that high. I think Nuge got dropped last year because of a conversation I had with Fabian where I was like, Fabian, man, Nuge isn't that good. Like, look at his stats the year before. Right? Mm-hmm. That didn't pay off for Fabian yeah. because Nuge had an insane year last year. Mm-hmm. But I think it was still an outlier. It's still an outlier. The statistics, if looked at over a long period of time, will always give you pretty close to reality real close to a good picture right those those spikes you can't you can't really predict those spikes sometimes look at cam talbot we watched cam talbot get run ragshaw in in edmonton for years and years and years and now you see him putting up like top 10 points in the league right now he's like a top two or three goalie or something right now like you can't always predict these things yeah now there's there's a lot of uh a lot of scenarios like that you could think of for me it was zach hyman was one of them when he left the leafs and went to the oilers right i thought you know when you're when you're with a power play like that, you know, and he was he was okay, you know, he's a depth guy. And going to the Oilers, who are also a run and gun team, you know, I didn't really have him high last year. I drafted him, right. then I traded him yep. off thinking that hey, it's a depth piece, and then he blew up. And, you know, at that time when the season was over, I could still think of him as a spike, but he's kind of continuing doing what he was doing the year before. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes I'm just saying like analytics it could be a spike and you still don't know if it's a spike. Like maybe he's right. going to maintain that spike. Man, sometimes you won't know when a player is going to become the best player they can be until they've become it. And sometimes it's you're, you're just behind that eight ball and you've missed it. Yeah. It, it happens. It happens. And I've been chasing that too much for over the years. Anomalies. Yeah. yeah. And you see me how I draft, right? You've seen in the past where 
I was chasing those spikes all the time. And you're like, yo, dude, you're wild. Why are you going for these young kids? And this year I was like, no, <laughs> yeah. this year I can't do that. I got to go for the more of the safer player, right? This year, first yeah. round, I wanted to draft Kucherov or Pasta. And then they didn't come to me. And I got Robertson, who I wasn't super high on, right? right. And he's kind of kind of showing me that fact that maybe he jumped a little too high, a little too fast. He should have went in the second round instead of the first yeah, I mean, everyone enjoys fantasy for a different reason, right? Like, yeah. Um, for me, the best part of fantasy for me actually is like the build up to the season, like the build up, the research, the putting the sheets together, the preparing for the draft, and then the draft. Like that, that is like peak fantasy for me. And then I like to just enjoy the rest of the season and see how my research and my analytics did. Yeah. Um, for some people, it's I want to stream all these young kids so I can enjoy watching all these different hockey teams play, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, right? It's it, it's fine. All these strategies are fine. Um, the person who wins the championship doesn't necessarily understand why or how they won the championship. It, it's uh, fantasy hockey is the same as gambling. Uh, sometimes you win and sometimes you don't win. It's just as simple as that. If you overthink it too much, you start to lose the joy of what fantasy has to bring you, right? When you start getting really deep on the, oh, this is a coin flip. I'm just going to lose this week if I lose this game. I mean, you don't know anything can happen. Anything can happen all the time. I, look at look at that look at that whole line get 10 minute game misconducts. <laughs> yeah, that was nuts. Like you you had happen, uh, right? you had Corey Joseph. Uh, you know, not Corey Joseph. You had what's it, what's his name? Matthew. Matthew. Joseph. <laughs> Corey Joseph, yeah. basketball player. Uh, Joseph and and Batherson, I believe, were both yeah. on it. I had Batherson. You had Joseph. I was like, okay, we yeah. canceled each other out. All right, thank goodness. But that was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, you just watch these crazy swings, right? Like, oh, Teravinen's, uh, Teravinen hasn't put a goal in the net for like seven games in a row, and then he puts in two goals and a shorthanded goal and puts up a hat trick. And you're just like, you know, yeah. I, I made the best decision I could make. It is what it is. He's on the bench. You live and you learn. Next time you put Teravinen in, he's going to get you a point two, and you're going to just kick yourself in the pants for benching someone else, right? So, yeah. It's the, it's the way it goes. Sometimes you have the hot hand, sometimes you don't have the hot hand. That's why I like making a trade just before the game start. Like if the player's cold, <laughs> I was like, listen, you got to make a trade before seven because there are a lot of guys in our league that would be like, all right, I'm willing to trade this guy. And as soon as he gets like two points in that one game, apparently now he's back to a top 50 player. Yeah, like, yeah value's just doubled. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you know what? Then, then, then you talk to him after the game. You're like, hey, like, uh, so yo, what do you think? You want to make a trade? And he's like, you know, I've been thinking uh, I'm going to change directions or, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you back. I'll talk to you maybe next week and, you know, right. we'll circle back. I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. You just saw those two points. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm making a mistake. You shouldn't trade them. Like, that's not mm-hmm. true. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the tricky part with drafting, too, is uh, everyone's perception can change super, super quick. Like and the just the discourse in the league will absolutely tank a player's value. Yeah, like out of nowhere, like we saw it with Pierre-Luc Dubois this year. Everyone just said Pierre-Luc Dubois is the worst player. And then you saw Pierre-Luc Dubois get traded for absolutely nothing. (laughs) I mean, he's on the third line right now, second power play. So I don't think they got it wrong. But I don't think he's I don't think he's that bad. But you saw his value go way, 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 way low. It was just based on everyone talking, talking shit. I was doing the same thing. It's it's why when you see guys put uh, insert player name fire after every single point, you should be trying to trade for that player because they're just trying to market that player exactly as someone who's worth worth three times as much as they're worth right so that's what makes it difficult is everyone's valuing people differently sometimes people are valuing value valuing their players based on their averages over those last 14 days mm-hmm. like some guys are sometimes some guys are basing their app like their value on players over a really small sample size and um 
everyone's just bringing their own prerogative to it, right? So it's it's very difficult to trade. I don't know how, I don't know how you pull off so many trades. I, that's it's like super impressive to me how many trades you can pull off. Because I'll get into conversations with people where they're going, "You're way off," and I'm, I'm going, "Here's the math." And they go, "You're just way off," and I'm going, "Okay, I can't, I can't convince you any better. I can't convince you any better. That's it. If you're not going to take the trade, then that's it. The deal's the deal's off the table. I'm not going to just uh, give you more because you ask for more. You know? Yeah, they get so many trades done. For me, I just try to pick somebody's brain. Like for me, I have to have a conversation and be like, "All right, so." These are the guys I value on your team that I want. Now you tell me mm-hmm. what you value on my team and I'll construct a trade. Because yeah. based on that, I'll have an understanding. They may list certain guys on my team that mm-hmm. I may not be super high on and they may be high on. And then it gives me an idea. I'm like, okay, this guy, he likes this guy. All right, let's now we could finally have a discussion and see what he values him. We could be completely right. off, but at least now I know what he wants and he knows what yeah, I it's want. It's good to know that. You know? Yeah. But there are a lot of people that says, uh, they say like, oh, you know, I don't want to have this conversation. Just send me a trade. And those are the people I just say, I'm not going to bother. It's just a waste of time. Yeah, that's 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 the tricky part, right? Is before we used to have um, the, the trading block and people used to really use the trading block appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, and now no one really uses the trading block. And it's very hard to get them to tell you who who they have, who they want from your team, right? Um, it's very difficult to pull that information. It, it's kind of important information to know if you're trying to put a deal together. So. Sometimes you're you you need to pry, and I just don't do enough prying. I think that's what you're you're good at. You're good at getting those conversations rolling. Yeah, well, yeah, we we I just have conversations with everybody, just see where they're at. Sometimes they're like, oh, we'll get back to you if this guy does well or not, and then I just focus on that player. If that player is not doing well, I'll come back to you, revisit. I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, or if he's doing really well, I'll be like, all right, I I really want this guy. Let's go. Yeah, you really got to put the work in, like. Um, some guys don't want to put the work in during the year. I'm definitely one of those guys who it doesn't want to put in as much work during the year. I want to put all the week work in before the year. So yeah, it's just like a mishmash of a whole, so many different people playing playing fantasy hockey differently. But yeah. no, it's 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 great. Roy's always calling me out. He's saying uh, like in the group, you could even tell he's just saying, "Oh, RV's always just trying to low like lowball and scam people." You know how he gets these trades done. He rips people off, or he he oversells his players and. I was like, you guys are giving me way too much credit. You guys think that I'm some kind of genius that I'm telling everybody, hey, let me manipulate the the, the players. And now you got to fall in my trap. And ooh, <laughs> all of a sudden, these players are coming to my team and you you got robbed. How, how did it happen? How so did you a, do it's it? It's a part of fantasy, right? It's a part of fantasy. You have to do that. Like, uh, you need to talk up your guys. You need to talk up your bad guys. It's more important to talk up your bad guys than it is to talk up your good guys. Um that's that's just fantasy sports. That's fantasy hockey. You, you need to yeah. be like that. For me, the key thing is if a, if you feel like a, a certain player is gonna fall off, you gotta trade him before he does that. If you if you start seeing a trend where he's coming down, and he's already coming down, it's too late. You missed you missed that time to trade him. But when you yeah. if you're watching him and he's playing well, or maybe he's not getting enough opportunities, right? You're seeing something off about his game, but he is putting up the points, but something's off. Maybe it's a good time to trade him. See what his values is, yeah. right? Yeah, it's 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 hard to make those those flips and those those thought process like ch- those thought process changes mid season if you're not watching a ton of hockey. Exactly. So I think there's a lot of value in watching a lot of the games and watching a lot of the hockey. That's really that's probably one of your biggest uh, value points right there. Is you watch so much hockey, is you just have a really good understanding 
of when to make those moves, right? So like a guy like me, it's hard for me to pull those triggers because I'm just looking at the stats. Yeah. I'm not watching as much hockey, right? That's just one of those things. Like for me, I have Evan Rodriguez. That's a very good example. This kid, mm-hmm. a lot of high shooting opportunities. He takes a lot of shots. Yes, he is getting moved up and down the lineup. He's back on the first line. He's not on the first power play anymore. But he's right. a really good depth guy to have where his shot volume is so high that even if he doesn't score, he's still going to be able to give you good peripherals. Yeah, good you peripherals know? are important. Yeah. And he's a multi too, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. He's a multi he as has well. been anyways. Yeah. yeah. So a player like that may not be able to be a key piece to anybody, but as a as a good depth piece, why wouldn't you want to have somebody who has good peripherals? I'd rather have that yeah. than a guy who gets me a goal every three, four games, and then in between he doesn't do anything at all. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to interpret it, and peripherals sometimes are what a guy is valuable for. Yeah, exactly. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah, you we've know? been rolling. Yeah, no, we've been, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure, man. I wanted to talk to the analytical man himself, and uh, thank you thank you for being here, man. We'll, we'll definitely talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, RV, man. It was great. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, who's coming up next and how the rest of these go. They've been really a joy to listen to, so... Um, keep them rolling keep them rolling dude and, and uh, good luck for the rest of the night I hope you have a terrible night and I hope I beat you this week but if if not just have a have a great rest of the year man yeah thank you for the blessing brother we'll talk soon yes yes